crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another awesome episode of the Heroes of Noise podcast. I am one half of the duo. My name is Steve. And my name is Dan. Welcome to Heroes of Noise, episode 42. What's happening, my man? You sound very peppy today. And you even, Bruh, you even switched up your I, intro a little bit. Gee, I'm feeling all of a sudden in the last three seconds, something happened. I'm telling you, and you know it's true. In the last three seconds, something actually occurred where that switch happened. Yeah. And now I am ready to shake and bake. Dan, how are you? You're going to shake and bake, man? Little. Yeah. Did you ever eat? You know, I know you don't eat meat now, but did you ever eat shake and bake when you were a kid? Of course. What are you talking about? I had a grandparent. Dan, I'm about to school you on something. School away, sir. Guess what I'm drinking right now? If I had three guesses, I would only use one because I'm assuming you're drinking the magic drink, the stuff of miracles. Okay, yes, yes. yes the throat coating. Yes. And how is it? That doesn't count, though. That it's doesn't good, count? Is it something else? That doesn't count. That's an obvious. Yeah. The, those, that's, an, uh, that's a gimme. Uh-huh. But what special thing am I drinking? And I will tell you, it's a sort of beer. And it's a beer. I don't know if you know what it is. I don't know if it's a true. You're having a beer, beer today? Beer. Yes. But it's a beer I was introduced to. I went to Paso this last week. And somebody's parent was like, hey, Steve, would you like a blah, blah beer? A blah, blah beer. <laughs> and it's. I'm wondering. Out of blah blah breweries. Uh, I'm gonna go yes, since you mentioned. Much. I'm gonna go since you mentioned Paso. I'm gonna go with. Uh, you got me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm foggy today. I got allergies like crazy, but I'm not gonna complain about it. But just bear with me. Uh, you are talking about, sir. Uh, I'm gonna go with 805 for you. It's not from the brewery. It's a, and you probably know because what well, here's what happened. I was sitting there talking. As I do, telling stories, random crap. And the, the mother is like, hey, Steve, would you like water? No. Would you like tea? No. She's like, okay. And they're like, would you like a ginger beer? I said, I've never tasted that. And the dad was like, oh, Steven, you have to taste a ginger beer, good sir. And I said, well, doggone it, fill me up. <laughs> and he did. Dude, I'm addicted. Okay, so I'm then addicted. it's non-alcoholic what you're drinking. I guess it isn't. <laughs> it's not? It is or it isn't? I don't know. No. I don't know, G. Hold on. No, you, there's no alcohol in that, dude. You're like, I can drink that these all sense. day. They're super Adventist, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're super religious, which is why it was so weird that they offered me a beer. I was like, should I be drinking in this religious house? Uh, if I drink a beer, will, it, will the crosses turn upside down? Or is this okay? <laughs> but yeah, it's really good, dude. And now it takes away the umph, G. I didn't know it was non-alcoholic. How did you know that? You're like, let me have a sip of this. <laughs> I feel the power of Satan with this ginger beer. <laughs> Sorry, throwback. Throwback. That's all. I had Gee, to use it one more time. Gee. Cost me 99 cents. Here's my problem. How did you know this, though? How did you know it was non-alcoholic? Because it's ginger beer. Come on, man. You think I just, like, lived up? Well, never mind, because you didn't know. But, no. It's, Thank it's, you. It's, <laughs> I've never heard of this. I was like, what, am I a fucking loser living under a rock or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Gee, folks. He doesn't know what a ginger beer is. It's, uh... You okay, they don't either. Yes, they do, Steve. No, they don't. Dan, yes. you know a lot about beer. They don't it's know not about beer. ginger beer. It's just called it's beer. It's called ginger beer. Root beer is not beer. Just because it doesn't have hops in it doesn't mean it's not beer. It's a non-alcoholic beverage is what you're having. 
Ginger it's beer. A beard. It's like a soda, right? I know, it's ginger beer. Yeah, okay. All right. I don't think a beer has to be alcoholic. I think there are certain attributes that a beer must have. Maybe by definition, you got a point. So I'll give that one to you. But it's a non-alcoholic beverage, what you're having. And I'm, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's good, but it definitely takes the umph away now. I thought it was going to take the edge off. <laughs> Wrong again. Wrong. No, wrong. But at least wrong. You're, <laughs> at least you're enjoying it. <laughs> oh, I feel like yeah, I my know, head is stuffed in an elephant's ass or something, man. Like everything sounds echoey. Not, not that I would have anything to compare that to or would know what it, exactly that's like. I don't that's know, just man. my assumption. You have a history. You there have was a history. that there was that summer I spent with the circus, and they won't let me come back anymore. I knew it. I knew it. Now, Dan, after our ginger beer talk, mm-hmm. now that you've hipped me onto some awesome stuff, how was your Halloween, brother? Halloween was aight. Uh, I worked. Wow. No, because you know what, man? Uh, it, it was a weeknight, first of all. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's just because some people didn't have to work. Yeah, yeah that's good. You, I forgot that you take that off every holiday. Every Bruh, holiday, I've, right? I love it. Gee, it's the best. Good on you. Seeing the kids and I, I laugh with them and joke with them. And, um, but I did have a glitch in the Matrix, Dan. What's that? And you know what's funny? My son wrote these down. As I was going, I said, I said, Maj, doggone it. There has to be freaking rules to Halloween. And he said, like what? And I started saying them and he wrote them down while I was saying them. And would you like to hear a few of my new Halloween rules, Dan? I would love to hear these transcriptions. Go for it. Here we go. Rule number one, you have to dress up to get candy. Oh, you're talking to the Halloween Nazi, bro. <laughs> go on. You're speaking. You are speaking my language right now, sir. You can't. <laughs> Come to the door dressed normal with a backpack anymore and be like, I don't know what I am. Can I have some candy? That now goes out the window in 2018. It's done. I may be adding to this list, but go on, please. It is over. Rule number two, you cannot dress as a football player if you are a football player. (laughs) If you're a football player and I say, hey, that's a really good outfit. I'm like, wait, do you play football? He's like, yeah, this is my outfit. Not an outfit. That is not an outfit, G. That is a normal uniform you wear. Yeah, I could, I could give some, some other side of the coin opinions on that. But go what on. A, oh, he'll, he'll, oh, he'll come me up, though. I want to know the other side. Well, like, you know, what if my man couldn't afford an outfit? Oh, now you're making it I'm sad. just saying. That's what. <laughs> you're making it sad. You're like, <laughs> go home, sir, you poor bastard. <laughs> okay. You sure I can? No, you can't. Promptly go fuck yourself. Take that in that busted ass uniform and get stepping down the fucking road, G. <laughs> oh my God, you just made this list so much more awesome. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Rule number three. You have to say trick or treat or happy Halloween. Amen, dude. <laughs> oh, these motherfuckers. I'm so, now you got me fired up. I was not feeling very well. I'm glad. And now I'm, I'm fired glad. up. Go on. G. Hi, can they just do they just walk up and be like hi and just give you put the bag in your face you're like um there's a thing you're supposed to be what do you do what's your approach to that i say um my if they're really quiet i'm like so what are you and now they have to talk and i'm like i got more than trick-or-treat out of you see how much easier it would have been if you would have just said trick-or-treat now you have to have a conversation with me we turn crazy on halloween man because it'll be like you know and you open the door 
and there's just they're just standing there now. Isn't that weird? My man's yeah, probably have, 16 years old. There's no blue. Bro. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. There is no blue basket. It's not a kid on the spectrum. This is just some asshole teen that ex- he's yes. he's expecting me just to put candy. It's like a Pavlov's dog thing. I knock on the uh-huh. door. They throw candy at me. I take my miserable ass on to the next house. So when they when they do that at my door, I'll be like, "What's up? Hi." That is so. Sweet. Yeah, what's happening? How and they'll just you? like look down at you no, know, they'll look down at their can. I guess you couldn't see me doing that, but they'll look down at the candy bag, and I'll be like, "Yeah," and I will make them say "trick or treat," or they can get good. They can get fucking stepping. I don't care. Good. That's what I'm gonna do from now on. And you know what I do, especially for those ones, is I save. The cheap, ugly candy, that bag that I get specifically for them. Here you go, motherfucker. Here's a dum dum and a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> That's what That's you it. get. That's it. Tootsie you don't roll. get that. That's I see this Reese's situation. peanut butter cup right here in the top. I see it. You see it too. I know. I see you looking at it. You, sir, get the dum dum and the Tootsie Roll, the apple flavored one, you asshole. Thank you. You cannot just sit there and look at me. So that is a fair way of dealing with it. Good job, Dan. I don't want to step on your um, list, but can, uh, I, can I submit one? Yes. All right, man. This is this could be the worst of them all. Parents coming to the door with a kid that can probably can't even eat candy yet. Dan, you are you have that is one of my lists. I was going to say, don't tell me you don't have this that on your is, list. I have that on my list. It says you must be able to walk to get candy. Oh, my God. Strollers don't get candy. You're just giving candy to your parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullcrap. Yeah, if you can, if you cannot walk, and I'm saying you're not disabled, but you are not old enough to walk. No, kid in a stroller, not even dressed up. Come on, mom and dad are probably. I would say they're usually younger for some reason. I I don't know if you catch twenty five. Yeah, like early twenties, if that. And it's always like, and they look sheepish when they do it too. Trick or treat. You know, they're saying they're going, "Hi, don't turn around and, and say something mean to me." Yeah, no, hit it. No. Dumb dumbs no. for you. Cannot do it. Now, number four, if you expect candy, be there before 8.30. Oh, you had people knocking on your door after 8.30? Yes, G. I had someone at 9.30. Why didn't you just turn out the lights? Um, because I had, I just totally forgot that the lights were on. And at a certain point, like, I'm always the last to give candy. I'm looking for them being like, where's some more? Where are they all at? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, I guess they're gone. And then one more, like, teenager came. He was dressed up, mind you. But I was just like, gee, what, what happened? And I guess he had some practice go late. And I'm like, you know what? I can't hate it. But, but other people did, too. And he wasn't the, la- he wasn't the only one. Some people were like 9.15, 9 o'clock. I said, dude, from now on, if practices go late, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. We can't do that. There's a Walgreens up the street. Go buy a bag of candy, you fuck. I just, I Thank honestly, you. I think I'm done, to be honest with you, with, with trick-or-treating. What? With the handing out the candy and stuff, I think I'm done. Because I, oh, because I just get too angry. Like, I sound, you know, it's funny, because this is my birthday week, and I'm, you know, obviously getting older, because that's how birthdays work. I don't know if you knew that or not. But Is it the 6th? Yes, the 6th. Yes. Very good, Steve. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Right, cool. I thought you were going for, yeah. like, the 40th something year. No. And that shit is just sick. between me and me. You know what I'm saying? Me and the family. Oh, I mean, okay. you're family, but that? we don't need to be telling these people all this stuff like that. It's going to scare them. It's going to turn them because away. Because you look like you're 30. So it's they going to turn them away, man. That's all. Uh, you know? No, come on. They think you're a young, they, but you are young. I feel like I'm just going to wake up in the morning and be like, I need my turmeric and my Geritol. <laughs> For Steve's sake, I'll have some oatmeal. Gee, you and your oatmeal, dog. That is that is one of the things that you're aging into, though. No, that's ridiculous, man. They sell it at Starbucks. Now stop it. 
No, they don't. Yes, do they, they do. You fucking pointed it out to well, me when we were on our way to uh, because Universal. older people go to Starbucks. So do younger people. It's a, but they don't eat. I, I'm not going down this road today, Stephen. Done deal. Okay, number here we go. Number five. Always doorbell, never knock. If you see a doorbell there, just use the doorbell. Why are you knocking on my door? What about the combination of the doorbell and the knock? That pisses me off royally. <laughs> it's you great. You cannot do both. You're like me. You're a Halloween miser. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, there are slowly things that are just like, oh, and this. And, and okay, now, this is an important one. This is an important one. A mask alone does not a costume make. Heck no. You either have to have gloves. You have to have something on. You can't put a mask over your face with a rubber band and be like, I'm a clown. No, you're not, G. You're a student with a clown mask. But what if they're poor? Like I'm saying, what if that's oh, all they can get? Oh, goodness, Dan. Maybe they're poor and not very creative. I'm just saying Dan, that's something that you should consider. Sad. No, you, you should be. I think that that one I'm going to have to disqualify. I don't have that on my list. Like if you made the effort, you got a mask on and you say trick or treat and you do everything else right. Good on you. Here's a Reese's peanut butter cup. Fine, six goes. Yeah. You're right. You know what? Six you goes. go to hell for number six. I don't like that no, at you're all. You're right. You're right. I do not okay, like that at all, sir. Okay. You must have a matching headdress or sneakers with your costume. As in, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> headdress? You can't just, here's what I'm saying. You can't just have the costume and nothing on. Like, you can't be like, I'm Spider Man with no Spider Man, with no Spider Man like head thing. Because I'll be like, no, you got to go all the way. If you're going to have Spider-Man, you have to have the Spider-Man mask. You can't just be like, I got sick of wearing the mask. No, I refuse. If you're going to ask me for candy, I need to see the whole outfit. All right. So you can lose me or gain me on this one here. Okay. In this scenario, does the kid have a mask, but he decided to take it off? He or she? There it is. Okay. Yeah. That, yes. That's that's a disqualification. Cannot do it. You now, get dumb dumb. My son brought up a great point because mm -hmm. I was just like, he's like, what about shoes? I said, no. He said, but if they're dressed as Kobe Bryant, there is no mask. I said, oh. I said, well, then you have to have shoes to go to. So if you're a basketball player, then you have to have basketball shoes. That's fine. But it has to go either matching shoes, headdress, and they, they have to be on. They can't be like, oh, you know, especially that bull crap where they walk up and the mask is on their head. I'm like, dog, you can just put the mask on for the, for the, that means you just gave up. You're like, eh, I'm done. I was like, well, then everybody else got to see all your awesome costume, and I only get to see a kid poking out of a bear costume. No, that's unacceptable. Just this is serious business. Just spit in the bag. There you go. <laughs> exactly. That's what <laughs> I should be doing. How fucked up would that be? Enjoy that and candy. The, la the last one, you must. Okay, but you're going to do the sad thing on this one, too. <laughs> well, I'm just giving you my opinion, but please go ahead. All right. You must have a Halloween bag to collect Halloween candy. That's ridiculous. Damn. That's ridiculous. Whatever happened? Why am I putting it in backpacks? What am I, why am I putting it in backpacks? What about a pillowcase? That's fine, too. So then, but that's not a Halloween bag. Technically, it is. Pillowcases are oh, Okay, so then what you're saying is, I thought you were saying, like, the bag has to represent Halloween. No. You can't you do can't, a backpack. You can't be like, backpack, that, you know how many backpacks I saw? And I'm like, but they normally were with people with no costume, which makes it sad again, because if they couldn't afford a costume, they definitely couldn't afford a Halloween bag. But some of these kids can. What was the longest set of kids that you got, like, at your door? You know what I mean? Where it's like, thank oh, you, thank you. There thank was you. about 30. Dude, 30? yes, I had something like that. I'm like, oh, my God, you kids won't yep. stop coming, man. Like, how, how but, do you know this many yes. people? But the problem is, I, 
each one of them I talked to for like eight minutes. So it made the line super duper long because some of them were just so cute that I was just, one of them, was, a Black Panther was dope. One of the Black Panthers, I was like, brother, you're killing it right now. And he's just like, thank you. He had the whole, like he, <laughs> we, that brother had the mask on. I was like, how are you seeing out of that thing? And I had to look at the net. I was like, oh, you have a net in the eyes where you see out. But I was like, yeah, you get all this candy, homie. You reminded me of something right now, dude. So the other night on Halloween, uh, this kid comes to my door, right? And yeah. he's got it. When he walked up, he looked like he was Black Panther. But when he gets into the light, I see the gold all in it and everything. So he's Killmonger, you know? So I go, oh, look at Killmonger. You looking good, man. And all of a sudden, dude, he turned around. Oh. And he looked at his mom. <laughs> you told me this was Black Panther. Oh, no, Dad. What did you do? <laughs> What did you do? <laughs> I said, you, st <laughs> you still look good, little man. You're Killmonger. Oh, you, a, oh, you ruined his a, night. The night was over. He's a bad guy. And he <laughs> turned around. <laughs> oh, I know his mom was like, thanks. Oh, she shot Freaking me. She shot thanks. me the look, dude. But how was I supposed to know? Like, It's true. You know? Like, the it's, kid's got the mask true. on. Put a fucking sign on his head that says, not Killmonger. You know what I mean? <laughs> or just say black. Or man. get him a Killmonger outfit. Like if, oh, with, the, the, with is, the jacket and everything? Yeah, if you're going to do Black Panther, they shouldn't really sell those gold ones because that is way too close. They shouldn't even sell those. It's too close. I was just thinking this kid probably just really, really wanted to be Black Panther. Of course, Black Panther was a hit this Halloween, so there probably wasn't very many left. Mom goes to the store, uses... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Use, oh, uses, uses money that she really doesn't have, you know, because does not have. because in this scenario, you know, mom's single and she's she's just making ends meet right now. She's doing everything that she can. Right. She's tired, Steve. Totally. So she goes totally. to the store. She finds the last one in this kid's size. She brings it up there and she doesn't know because she didn't see the movie like her dad, of the, the dad, the kid's dad took him to see the movie. Right. So of she course, doesn't know. Of course. So, you know, she goes up to the counter and everything and she's like, oh, last Black Panther. And the lady goes. Wrong. It's Killmonger. And Wrong. she's like, Wrong. But, but he won't know. He won't know. But of course, he didn't know until Dan. I said Killmonger. Yeah, dude, I, I ruined Freaking this kid's Dan. night. I ruined it. Now, I gave him Reese's peanut butter cups, though, man. How many did you give him? Oh, I gave him a nice handful. I felt bad. <laughs> I really did feel now, bad on that one. I got a question for you. Uh -huh. No, you know what? It's not a question for you. It's a question for me to myself. Okay. It's almost it. rhetorical. You want, you, want to, you want to text to me and then I can ask you? Uh, no, I will say here. Here's, here's what it is. Okay. Oh, no, it's a great question for you. Actually, it'd be a better question for Gail. Oh, um, all right. She's not here, man. It, I know. Is it awkward, you think, for someone to, to like, um, like if, say, you see a, a sexy nurse, to be like, hey, what's your number during Halloween? Um, you know, I've never used that line before. Hey, what's your number? Uh, I, yeah, that's a, it's a terrible line. But I'm saying, I'm like, I'm sure dudes on the street like, I'm sure they go to house to house that somebody is macking on these because they're dressed like that. And so I'm like, someone has to be like, hey, uh, enough about this kid getting candy, though. What's up with the mom? I'll be like, I mean, I think that would be creepy for all involved. Everyone standing around waiting for candy. You're just holding it up, trying to throw a, <laughs> trying to throw a Mac on this girl? Gee. I don't know, Gee. man. Um, I don't know. In this day and age, I think I'm going to be safe and say probably. Probably inappropriate. It has to, right? It has to be. It has to be. But then I wonder. But it all depends, though. Like, what, what if she's giving you the eye? Like, hey, this, you know what I mean? Like, if there's a, well, a mutual yeah. attraction going on, I say screw all those kids. They have enough candy anyway. Uh, by the well, way, the I have is, one more rule. But, oh, I can't wait. What's the next rule? 
Well, do you want to address this this other situation here? What you're what you're dealing with here? Does it did this happen? No. Did you have a no, sexy nurse just, come to your door or anything like there that? There's a bunch of sexy nurses, but I was just like, oh, obviously you don't talk to. But then later on, I thought, I'm like, I wonder if they dress sexy because they want to be talked to. I don't know. And I'm not going to make and, this creepy uh, or anything, but you let me just get this straight. You had multiple sexy nurses coming to your door for trick or treat. Uh, I had two sexy nurses and then like a an Elvira sort of thing and i liked and they were Elvira adults used to be my thing yes interesting they were just by the themselves Al- the alva no they had their children with them ah okay gotcha so mom's walking but, around like a sexy sexy nurse and then she got the kid dressed up like yes. chucky or some shit yes okay. but they they have it like the remember the um cover of uh blink 182 yeah mm-hmm. that nurse sort of thing okay fair enough yeah and so i was just like uh yeah that, that would be weird but again i didn't know i had a thing for elvira and I look back, I'm like, that's right. She used to be the thing. I used to like her. But anyway, to your list, what is another addition? Well, now I'm starting to like think about this one. And I don't know if I really want to go through it or not. Because really, it's not the kid's fault in this scenario. It's the parent's fault. So the kid oh, really shouldn't have to, you know what I mean, have to be deprived of these things. <laughs> so, okay. So I got a ding dong at the door. Yes. As you do on Halloween. And I went up there, and, you know, and I opened said door and I said greetings mm-hmm. to them. And uh, it was a little girl approximately little hispanic girl approximately let's say just under four probably okay. closer to like you know like probably like the first few months of three to be honest with you you got trigger treat you know and i thought oh you're, you're adorable and then she smiled and uh <gasps> no teeth no silver, well, teeth. silver teeth yeah so i've seen that i've seen that so is it right to allow your child to <laughs> trick or treat like I say, set up. Like I would just, you're gonna go to ten houses, kid. That's it. And I would drop off like veggie sticks <laughs> at each house. Oh my gosh, Gee, toothbrushes okay. and I, shit. But you can't. You can't. All of her friends are gonna be eating candy, and she is now stuck not eating. She has to. She's just gonna be missing teeth, Jay. I just feel like. I mean, I guess the damage is done. You know what I it's mean? It's done. Yeah, it's over. But and normally when that I happens, felt wrong about they had it, a de- they had like a, a a defect, a genetic defect with their teeth. Nah, dude, teeth don't just fall out like no. That parents give their kids juice in bottles, and then the kid falls asleep with the bottle in their mouth, and their teeth get rotten. You know what? You're right. It's a tale as old as time. You know what I'm saying? Well done. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you make you. me miss that movie. Thank you. Oh, I didn't see any Beauty and the Beast this year. Why would you? Is that even popular? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, like, that's a, a gimme costume. I'll be the beast, you be Belle. That's a gimme. I think that's more like adult Halloween parties. Couples. Oh, okay. Never mind. Couples. We need to have a Halloween party, G. I don't have any friends who would come. You. Dan, okay, here's the, here's the problem. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was thinking about that because I'd actually gone to see a, 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 he came in from Hawaii and he went, oh, dude from Hawaii. Oh, your boy came, huh? That's why you went to Paso? Yes. Okay. And we caught up and I was wondering, in my brain, Dan, I did the Steve thing. I did the, here's how the conversation's probably going to go thing. And so when I got up there, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk for, you know, quick minute. And um, again, it was not the way I thought. I was like, oh, he wasn't even thinking the things that I was thinking that he was thinking. Um, but uh, I realized something. Oh, this is a great conversation. <laughs> I want to get into this, but I think I, 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 I should probably do the contact information first. He wants to do the contact information. Well, go ahead, yes. sir. Go ahead and do it. All right, here we go. I got it. I, you know, it's funny. I have it pulled up. When you said you were sick, I pulled it up. Do you want to do it with the music? I think you should. Oh, but I don't know how to do the cool pause you do. 
Because it goes da 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 Here we go. I, think, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to time that. You have it timed, and I can't time it like that. Can you at least do the intro for me, and then I start? Um, do, do the intro part to the pause, and I'll go. You mean just... That, that groovy little song pause is really dope. Okay, so just start it is what you're saying? Yes, it'd just be like, so here we go, and then when they do the pause, all right, here we go, and I'll do it. Oh, 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 you mean you want me to say, and so I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think. Okay, <laughs> you, you do know you do it. I think you do it, um, you do it probably subconsciously. You know how the song starts, yeah. and then there's that pause break in the song? Yes, sir. And then you literally break right then, and then start doing the, um, the um, uh, contact information. I can't break like that, because you say a lot of stuff. And you happen to break right then. I can't do that. So if you could do it. I don't even know. Can I just do it then? That way I know. Because yes, then I'll probably it. stop and go, oh, that's what you mean. I really don't know. Okay, yeah. Okay, go for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. What's happening, everybody? My name is Dan Ramirez. Welcome to Heroes of Noise podcast, episode 42. I got a little story for you. Check this out. I know what you mean now. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I got to. Hold on. I got to stop that one. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were talking about until that very moment. <laughs> you got me. I didn't even know that I did that. You gotta keep that in, dude. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'll start over. It was just funny that I didn't. That is so funny, dog. Oh, man. You never noticed that? I honestly never really paid attention to it until you said that right this second. <laughs> now, I'm, now it's in my head. Now I'm going to fuck up every time. I shouldn't have said anything. Now you're going to be timing it. Because you do it per- I don't know, like every week. I'm like... How the crap does he do that? I don't, honestly, man, like if I was doing that, I, maybe I intended to do it one time. I really, I don't know. It didn't register until you said it right now. <laughs> so that's really funny. <clears throat> All right. Take two, take two. Here we go. Oh, that was amazing, G. I don't even know how you do that. I don't know. Let's see if I do it again. I'll try not to laugh okay. this time. Oh, no. I hope you did. Now it's in your brain. I hope I didn't mess up <laughs> uh, your who cares? brain now. We say the same shit okay. every week. These people know how to get a hold of us, but let's do it. All right. This is take two. I got some information for you, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Dan Ramirez from Heroes of Noise. I'm going to go ahead and throw the pause in now. If you want to get a hold of us, thank you very much. If you want to get a hold of the Heroes of Noise, please reach out to us, ladies and gentlemen, via email. First of all, heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. That is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. On the Twitters. Let me get these for you. Write them down now. Don't play around with me. I don't have time to be wasting this voice. At Heroes of Noise is our show handle. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public. You can reach my buddy over there, Steve, the old uh, analyzer of everything. The man with the adjectives at, at SE underscore Hudson Music. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and you can find all of this at one place, heroesofnoise.com. It's the coolest place in town. Even without a WordPress, it's still fucking awesome. I promise you. While you're there, stop off, give us a voicemail. Uh, go to the other link and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can leave us a good review on Stitcher as well. We need these guys. We're asking from the bottoms of our hearts, the very bottom. You know where all that shit collects all the grimy stuff that you kind of shake and you're like, what is that? And you put some water in it and you try to like you know dissolve it but it just doesn't go away that that's what i'm talking about that's where we are we're asking from the bottoms of our heart that spot for five star reviews it's not it's not like we're asking you to blow us or something i mean stop it already that's ridiculous it's absurd but if you but if you want to i'm just saying if you want whatever you want to do by the way we got a, a threadless store on the website go over there i have no shame whatsoever just put a new design up it's going to be coming out i think well 
it'll be there in the next week or so. Let's just say that. Uh, courtesy of the Philip Gouillet, I believe I'm saying your name right, sir. Love the design, and uh, we're going to put up new shirts. It's going to be fantastic. Even going to do a word shirt sooner or later once I get off my lazy ass. I think I'm running out of music, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it back to my man, the man of the hour, the adjective man, the man that hands out... I'm sure that's like carrots and celery or something like that on Halloween. Mr. Steve Hudson. Wait for it. Steve Hudson. Oh, well done. See, you're just a... Nicely done. Um, (laughs) Do we have a voicemail? I need a new song. Uh, We don't have a voicemail. I thought we got a voicemail. Did we get something like in the last few hours? I thought they were like, we got a missed call on Gmail. Um, I am not prepared for that, sir. If you'll give me a second. I'm not, you know what's funny? I might be wrong. I'm looking right now and I might be totally bugging, but I thought we had a missed call. Um, oh, Favon sent you a voicemail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Sorry. I apologize. I only know because I have it set up to send me this baru baru like that thing. And so I'm like, I've never heard that sound. And I looked, I'm like, oh, we got a voicemail. Fave on, fave away. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right. Steve, I would yeah. help you decorate your backyard for Halloween. This is your fave on. <laughs> fave I'll send on. some pictures of just the little bit I've done at my office at work. You guys are awesome. Steve, you got someone calling, calling for you. They want to decorate with you, bro? That is my auntie, my auntie Angie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's my favorite auntie, so I've always called her Favon. Ah, okay. Yeah, and I think, you know what's funny? I think that this nickname thing started fairly early in life, turns out. (laughs) 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 Because everybody's like, is her name Favon? I'm like, no, it's my favorite auntie. Oh. They're like, oh, Favon. Yeah. Um, So Favon is my amazing auntie Angie. Let me tell you something. Okay, I knew... She sent me something. Uh, she was like, oh, I love the Halloween episode. She's texting me throughout. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know my auntie was into Halloween. She sent me what she wore. Dan, it was creepy. <laughs> I said, you went to work like this? What'd she wear? She's like, yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, it's like a, a bride of Frankenstein. Like the whole makeup and everything. Webs all over her office. I'm like, oh, no. And she said, um, yeah, so I'm going next year. I'm like, you dang skippy, you're good. I mean, because she, she had never heard of Halloween Horror Nights. She didn't know it was a thing. And she's in L.A. She's just living it, though. She's living Halloween exactly. Horror Nights. That's crazy. She's like, she's like, I'm ready for Halloween. I was like, are you ready? She's like, I'm ready. Oh, and by the way, my, uh, uh, yeah. And so she said, yeah, I'll just, and she'll just come home with me and she'll just stay at my, uh, she'll vacation at my place. And so she says, um, she was like, I can't wait to go. And Maj said, yeah, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, is he on for next year? Yeah, he's like, it wasn't that bad. Dang, dude. I said, am I tripping? He's a man now. That's all. I think that's what, I think he just grew up and he's just like, oh, in his, in their logical math brains, those two, they know, oh, they can't hurt me. So it's only this scary. But he said he did not like the chainsaw. He said that was really, really, really scary to him. He's like, I just don't like the chainsaw thing. I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> but that was the thing that got him. And he said the purge. He didn't. He's like the purge was really, really, really scary. I would be lying if I, uh, you know, I don't want to like talk about Hollywood Horror Nights again. But I would definitely be lying if I said that when they do chase you with the chainsaw or they bring it up on you, there's always that in the back of my mind thing. Like there's that one percent that someone has a blade on there for real, and they're going to cut. They could one day. One day it could totally off. happen. It could totally. Oh, so I'm um getting back to the story. So I'm there in Paso. And we're talking about things that we've done in the last 20 years. We're catching up on 20 years. And, uh, you know, uh, he's gone to Tahiti and Rome and, and, and Venice and, and, and all these places. And uh, he's gone with his, his t- he went to Tahiti with his circle. And I thought to myself, I'm like, A, we're not in each other's circles anymore, which is different when you think of an old friend. Mm-hmm. We now have different circles. Mm-hmm. Even though we knew each other for 30 years, the circles have changed. Well, people now. change. Exactly. And I thought, I'm like, okay, if I was going to go on a trip, who's my circle? And I'm like, Dan. Hey, hello. I said, Joel. And I was like, oh, no. Well, that would be a Motley crew. Exactly. But, dude, that's my, that's almost it. Your crescent? Like, my circle has, like, the people I trust is so small now. Where it's just like, if I, I really only tell things that are deep. To like you, Joel, and um, you know, people I'm there are people that I'm uh, you know, I'm semi deep with, but like personal stuff, it's like, oh, my circle is like two, three people now, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's really because not. at least if we go to Rome one day, I know, oh, me, Dan, and Gail are gonna all have a great time. There's not going to be a weird thing. He's not going to act crazy. I've already gone out of town with him. Whereas if you have a wide circle, one of those people might just ruin the trip. One of them could very well ruin the trip. They get drunk or they get in a fight or they're always doing something. You want it to be like, I know the limits of the friends I'm going with. I know what they're capable of and what they are not capable of. And so, um, but yeah, it was like, it was weird seeing where my... Like, do you have, could you say you have double digit circles? No, for sure. I mean, I have like friends, you know what I mean? Yes. And people, yes. but that, I think honestly that my definition of friends has kind of changed too, because you know, as time goes on, this is just me. Like there's people out there that are just social as fuck. They thrive on it and they just have to be around people. They have to, yes. they have to be True. the ones throwing the parties. Yes. They have, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Fantastic. If you like, to me, it, it would be annoying to just always want to be like that. Like I have to have people around all the time. I don't know. Maybe that's just a, a, a trait of mine that I've developed over the last few years from working so much, you know, cause when you work this much, you sort of lose touch with everybody. And that's the, yes. that's the God's honest truth, you know, but um, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, man. I have a lot of acquaintances and everything, but it's just hard to keep a big group of friends unless you're just that type of person. And I'm, you know what? I'm the type of person that a lot of people think that I'm their friend. I know the lab yeah. did. Oh, man, this brother went for the, oh, dude, I genuinely thought it was not going to be a big deal. I really did. And my, even my mom was like, how could you think that? You saw them every day for 10 years. I was like, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Your point. (laughs) And for me, it's a different in my brain of it's something where, um, I consider people acquaintances that I have acquaintances. I have people I know. And then I have friends. 
and acquaintances are people that I just, you know, shoot the bull crap with. But if something's wrong, I'm not going to tell an acquaintance that stuff. And so that puts a block there. They only know the, you know, hey, that guy. But they don't know that I'm having a rough day guy. They don't, I've never gotten into it. If you, if I've never gotten into an argument with you, you're not a friend. If I've never disagreed and kind of gave you an attitude, we're just not friends. Because that just means I've held it in. It was just like, he's not even, or she's not even worth me getting an attitude with. <laughs> like, it's not even there. But if it's like, you really bothered me one day, that just means I care enough that what you did bothered me. Oh, you care about me, buddy. I'm your friend then. Okay. We, okay. That day. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough. Yeah. Was, anyway, <laughs> that was an interesting. And I didn't know, I guess that would be the time where I knew, oh yeah, I really care about Dan. Cause what he did was like, I want his attention and he's not giving it to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I'd have known better, I wouldn't have even gotten mad. I'd just be like, oh, this dude loves the shit out of me right now. Exactly. Cause you, I was wanting your attention. When you think back on it, it was me wanting a, your attention and you not giving it anybody else. I'd have been like, Oh, I can just talk myself for the next hour. I could do that. <laughs> well, you, I was just like, right? Huh? Yeah? Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I'm trying to do something over here. Look at the thing. And I, you know, I, I, I ran into the corner and, and cried. You know, this was all for the sake of the show. Like, it was the first time that I actually had the mix minus kind of working. And it was just so much for me. I was busy doing other things and, and you know, concentrate. I don't know. It was just a lot. It was a lot to deal with, and I probably wasn't in the right frame of mind at that time. So, but you I can see you get annoyed. You just with have me. it like you have it like the be- like the weird thing is you have it so well hooked up now. Is I'm very and it's gonna happen one day. You're going to get equipment that requires a new setup, and I'm very interested in how you deal with it. I'm already there, kind of. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we'll talk. Well, we'll talk <laughs> about it off mic. But I did yeah, find a solution happens, to our dude. to our two mics thing. Oh. Yeah, it's what we already knew. It's my current set. I'm not going to bore these people, but my current setup will not work with the mixer that I'm using. So it's more of uh, having to get it. <clears throat> excuse me, get another audio interface, and we'll talk about that later. It's totally yeah, boring and, and shit. I knew, and that's one of the things that we always run into. Where it's like I'm so used to, like for me, learning the new Logic Pro was like learning, and it's for everybody out there. I know everybody like. Say that you are a ske- an artist. You you draw and you're you're drawing, and people are like, "Hey, we want you to draw something." They're like, "Cool," but draw it on this iPad, even though the pencil will do exactly almost the same thing that it would on the iPad. It's gonna mess with you a little. You're like, "Oh, it doesn't have the same consistency. The stylus is weird." Even though you put stylus to screen and draw what you would with pencil to paper. It's still different, but where we're going, you're going to start having to do that sometimes. I see a lot of artists using iPad because when you draw something on an iPad, you literally can send it. You now can just, it is in the ether wherever you need it to go. And I'm like, I can see why that is such a cool thing. But for artists that are used to doing it a certain way, that's not a thing. Just like acoustic uh, musicians that Logic Pro comes out and they're like, let's do the whole song again so we do it perfect. And someone's like, how about we just start it from exactly that moment? That might mess somebody up. They're like, no, I want to do the whole thing one shot through. They're like, well, no. yeah. And it's funny because you kind of saw that in a movie we're about to talk about. Duh. They used to have to rewind and start. And then rewind the tape and then start. And it would be like, oh my. Now with Pro Tools or with Logic Pro, that song, he would have gone so overboard if there, because Logic has an unlimited amount of tracks you can use. So he would have been like, oh, you mean I could use a million? 
and it's a game changer. So for you, when you get new, as you upgrade your studio, I wish you could think about what you're using now and then a year from now be like, remember when I was using that setup? You probably won't even know how to use what you're using now in a year. I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of different podcasters trying to oh. figure this out, man. Because Well, I did hear about Audio Hijack. Oh, yeah. I know a little Have something about that. I've never heard of that until this week on Twitter. Someone said something about Audio Hijack. And I was like, I bet you Dan has heard of audio. I had not. I can pretty much guarantee that these people listening right now did not come to hear our shop talk. Oh, you know what? He probably, they probably didn't. But you know what they did come to? You know what they did come to listen to? They came to hear me go. Oh, gee. Don't do it, don't, don't do it Dan. Daylight come. No, I'm just kidding. No, dude. <laughs> Dan, don't. Okay, you know what? Let's that start movie, with that. Man. Because I want that to be the main. Because I have a bunch of stuff to, uh, that I've, I've watched. But let that be the start. I don't think Brother. so. I think we should build up to it. Because okay, here's the deal. Up. Guys, I... Yes. I had a really crazy week. I just started this new job and um, I didn't have a lot of time to watch anything. So Mm -hmm. because I wanted something to talk about, I just got back from seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. So let's save that. Let's save that because we can both talk about it. Now, Steve, on the other hand, has been watching all kinds of crazy shit. So I'm going to let you just do your thing, man. It's actually going to be a nice change. Okay, check this out. Let, Let me tell you something. Okay. The first thing I watched this week, I was like, hey, Steve. Let me watch something that's uh, out of my, you know, uh, normally I go, you know, for me, I don't watch the popular thing. I won't do it because I'm just like, I'm a person that doesn't like popular stuff. It's not your style. In my, in my brain, it is. In my brain, it's that type of person. I'm turning into that person now. That brain so of like, yours, G. That brain. Dude. Let's talk about that. It's messing with me. <laughs> it's messing with me, G. So I look on Netflix's top choices and it says, the night comes for us. I said, huh, what is this night come for us? So I start it, and it's in, um, I think, Tagalog. And um, I think, I might be wrong. I think it was, I think. Tag- it, I think oh, are you talking about uh, Tagalog? Is it ta- You're I talking about Filipino language? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I I think it's Tagalog. I was pronounced. But okay. I just want to I make sure we were talking about the same thing. I apologize. I yes. wasn't being a okay. grammar Nazi or anything. I was just making sure yeah, we were on the I same heard, page. I, okay, so, but I might be wrong. Even then, I don't know. But um, here comes, the night comes for us. I'm watching this movie. I started up and I'm like, I don't, I can honestly say I was going in not knowing what this movie was about. I just said, you know what? Let me, let me find something new. Immediately off the jump, bro. There is a gruesome, gross martial arts fight scene where a guy Sticks half a bottle of beer, broken in half, through a dude's mouth. That'll and I said, me. guess what? I'm in. <laughs> Next question. I did not know it was going to be like freaking this. So I'm already in. And as it goes forward, I can say with, uh, how precise can I say this? I would say of all the horror movies I've seen this year, including The Terrifier, this is the most bloody thing I've seen this year. The most bloody movie I have seen this year. Hey, brother, can I interrupt the, you for a quick second? Yes. Can you give it. these folks a rundown of what this movie's about, or do you need me to? Um, I get, uh, Not I that I've seen it, I, but I do have the, yeah. the rundown. Uh, yeah, do the rundown. Uh, 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 the rundown doesn't have any spoilers, right? I seriously doubt it. It says, uh, okay, go for it. It says, Ito, a gangland enforcer, caught amidst a treacherous and violent insurrection with this triad crime family upon his return home from a stint abroad. That's pretty much it. 
Okay, cool. That's not, that doesn't give anything away. What I will say though is seeing a man that was the enforcer, the enforcer of this triad, and seeing him fight his way through triad members is just endless action. Like, I would see, say the most downtime is probably seven minutes, if that. But for the rest of the movie, it's 100%. And there is a, a fight r- with women that is probably the best choreographed fight I have seen in recent memory. No shit. Easily. No, and, the, and you know how they do? They do these long sequences where they don't cut. They're just doing choreographed fighting. And I'm like, oh my God. And they have knives. And it's just so amazing, G. I watched this movie on the edge of my seat. And when it was over, I was like, no, no, don't end. I could watch this all day long. The night comes for us. Is right up your alley, Dan. So it's like subtitled though, right? Not that that matters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some of it, but all of a sudden they'll break into English. Like the head of the triad will break into English and then he'll go right back into the language. You know, I think I heard something good about this movie recently and I can't remember where. I don't know if it was Brian on Pop Culture Leftover. Someone, someone was talking about this movie, Uh, but I was, it was like in the background, you know what I mean? When I was listening to it. So, but I do recall them saying good things about it. So I should be watching this is what you're saying. Oh, Dan, 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 there is no, there is literally no question about whether or not you should watch this movie. You would watch this movie and say, um, there, there's going to be a few kills that you're going to be like, Jesus, Steve. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, who? What am I watching here, buddy? I'll tell you one little piece. There's a part where uh, one of the fighters stabs a woman in the arm at the where her shoulder is all the way through and then glides it all the way to her wrist oh (laughs) that's what i said i was like oh my god because she didn't want her to use that arm anymore yeah that'll do it (laughs) that's yeah that's a very effective method for not using your arm anymore now you're gonna have to fight me one arm that's seriously she's like now you're gonna have to fight me with one arm because that arm is dunsky now you got like three arms (laughs) <laughs> you know just, what? Is it they're well shaving done. off? I'm just thinking they shaved. I got. You know what? Never mind. I'm gonna have to pick check it out because I'm thinking like you know healthcare wise. Obviously, they oh just you ain't ready. Cutting past the bone, just cutting all like the side. Was it the inside here's or the will, outside? No, the inside. And here's Ooh, what I'll say. That's that soft spot. You too. ain't got to worry. In that situation, she didn't end up going to the hospital. <laughs> she was. Uh, it was a. Uh, um, anyway, I'm not gonna ruin it. She, but she didn't have to worry about a hospital stay. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I, I would imagine not, but. You know, yeah, I start, my it, mind it, starts going. She got picked apart. So the night comes for us. Amazing movie. Okay. Next, I said, Steve, what do you want to watch today? And I start looking through again. And I said, well, look at Paul Giamatti. Is he in another movie? Of course he is. He's in a movie with Katherine Hahn called Private Life. Have you heard of this movie, Dan? No, I feel like such an amateur right now. But no, I haven't heard of it. Okay, so it's a movie about those two trying to have a child and the ups and downs of trying to have a child, like uh, trying to do in uh, in vitro. Uh, They can't do it naturally. They're up in age. They sacrifice a lot of their time trying to be artists and struggling as an artist and saying, we're going to have kids later. And now it's about them trying to have kids and how having a child could pretty much demolish a marriage, like trying to have a child, where it becomes sex isn't even a thing anymore. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a, a business almost. It's like a, it. exactly. a job, I should say. Exactly. And Paul, here's what here's what happens. Let me tell you what this show is. This movie is about. Uh, it's like the equivalent of me going to like a Beyonce concert, right? And I'm like, wow, look at all these, this is Beyonce and Jay-Z. And then I go to a Michael Jackson concert of, you know, rest in peace. I go to a Prince concert. Well, not Prince. Let's take Prince out of it. Um, I go to all these amazing, huge concerts. And then somebody, um, somebody like Stevie sits down at a piano and says, okay, now let me give you a clinic on how to just sing and play piano. And that's all you need. What this movie is, is Paul Giamatti and Katherine Hahn saying, you know, all those big blockbuster movies, let us now give you a clinic on how to act. You're welcome. This is what acting is. And you walking away being like, okay, I'm going to go see another Marvel movie, but I remember what acting is because they show you what acting is. It is a clinic, Dan, a clinic. Is it a sad on movie? Acting. Uh, uh, there's sad parts, but it's not a sad movie because it's so it's, it's Catherine Hahn. She knows how to put levity in everything. That's true. She doesn't really do too many, uh, no drama, but the, there are devastating parts though, where it's just like, you don't remember how hard, like I, I take things for granted. I had a child, no problem, but I don't realize that some people, it was not that it's not that they can't just, yay, have a kid now. They're really struggling to do this thing. What? And you forget sometimes. Did you uh, move into a pound, bro? What's going on back Gee, there? Gee, my next door neighbor, dude, whenever, which I love because whenever someone's in the vicinity, he's barking, which makes me wonder, wait a minute. Let me get a listen to this real quick. I didn't mean to throw you off, but let me hear that this hound's got to. Go for it. Oh, now, oh, he's, now he stops. Yeah. There he is. There he is. That dog is a prick. Okay, enough. I've heard. No, he's a husky. I just he's, wrote, a husky. he's not a prick. He's a husky. <laughs> oh no, he's a. And the weird thing is, I see the eyes through my gate when I'm when I'm sp- uh, watering my tree out back, and then he'll be like, Arr! and then I walk toward the gate. He gets to dipping. I'm like, gee, you have got to be. There he is. Oh, that he sounds. He doesn't sound well. Is he okay? He's fine. That's just what he does sometimes. Like, yes, he'll be like, I don't know if it's. It's like a signal to other dogs or something, but he'll do that sometimes. I don't know if this is even going to be like, you think this will pick up on your mic? It might. Who but cares? It, it, who yeah, cares? who cares? Well, we've got but, a guest um, spot today. What's the dog? Yes. Name? I don't know. I just know it's scared. It's more scared than it's. And it's a husky. It should be like fear. He'd be like, hey, no, I put fear in you. But as soon as I walk to the gate, it just gets the dip. And I was like, gee, if you're going to protect my yard and your neighbor's yard and my neighbor's yard, gee, you got to do better than this. Because <laughs> I don't want it to be the burglar just walk to you and you dipped. I'm like, no, nah, you're a husky. You got blue eyes. You should be like the dude. But anyway. Those dogs are very vocal too, by the way. I'm so sorry to throw you off of what you were talking about. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Um. So with, with Catherine Hahn and uh, Paul Giamatti, it's almost like it is, it's directed by, or it's written and directed by Tamara Jenkins. And what she does is she just lets, lets scenes sit. Like if there's silence, mm-hmm. there's just silence. You just marinate in it for a little bit. Yes. You let it just sit there. And you're like, wow, this, it's such a good movie. Private life. Okay. Catherine Hahn, Paul Giamatti, written and directed by Tamara Jenkins. Can't wait to see what she does next. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it from my man right here. Like, I love your enthusiasm today. So please keep going. It's so good. What else you got? Now, this, this movie. Okay, people, listen. 
Dan, you're, I, I, you know, I, this, I'm kind of burying the lead here. I'm kind of burying the lead because um, this is the movie that had the biggest impact on me. Okay. Um, it's a movie called Ghost Stories. So Ghost Stories is on Hulu. Um, it's, it, it stars um, Andy Nyman, Martin Freeman, Alex Lothar, a bunch of people because it's a bunch of different stories. And um, what it is is, so there's a guy, a man that he looked up to a bunch of myth busters kind of thing where um, it's not kind of like what Penn and Teller do where they can, or, or Houdini originally, where they go to soothsayers or people that said to speak to the dead and he debunks them in front of the crowd. Okay. And he, that's what he does because the person that he looked up to did it. And he's like, he just did, but the guy he looked up to that used to do it all the time disappeared. And he's like, we can't find him, but I'm still carrying on his tradition until one day he finds him. And he finds him and the guy says, why are you looking for me? He's like, because I'm doing what you're doing. I'm debunking this ridiculous ghost, supernatural bull crap. And the guy was like, you have no idea what you're into. He's like, what do you mean? And he's like, the reason I stopped doing it and disappeared is because there are three cases that I could not debunk. The supernatural is real ghosts are real and he's like no they're not he said well then here are the files you idiot you go debunk them dan these three stories they i don't get kept up at night dan (laughs) i do not get kept up at night and i was kept up that night it creeps you out really bad steven (laughs) just kidding go on (laughs) it was it was really, because re- what they did, here's what they did. They said, oh, yeah, the, um, yeah, that's probably, that thing that you heard is probably one of your hangers making a move. Oh, that thing you heard in your garage, yeah, it's probably your, um, you know, it's, your, it's just your car making that weird settling sound. That creak you hear in the attic, no, it's your house settling, and they leave it on, or, and then the credits. Hmm. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. They're like. It could be something else. And it shows you how it could be something else. They're like, yeah, you're sure it's not real because you haven't seen it yet. But when you do see it, you probably won't live on the other side of it. So you seeing it is the last thing you see. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. What are we doing? And they make them so scary. They don't do the whole ghost thing. No, no, no. They are beings that are walking breathing ghoul-like things that in each story is a different one and it is it is just creepy there's things where you're like someone's walking with a hood and you're like oh they're gonna turn around and there's nothing in the hood oh no they turn around and there's something in the hood and it's the most gruesome (laughs) it's even worse than i thought (laughs) it's even worse i'm like normally movies would just be like they'll turn around and it's some silliness no it's a scary ghoul like monster thing and it's in your closet and I'm real because you were telling me I wasn't and I need to show you that I do. Res- it is terrifying and Martin Freeman knocks it out the park. He's one of the, I'm not going to tell you who Martin Freeman is in the movie, but he just knocks the part out the park. Amazing. And it, and it sticks the landing too. It's popped up on my feet. Where'd you see it again? Was it Amazon? 
Hello. Hello. Oh, you saw it on yeah. the Hello. <laughs> I did see it mm, on the Hello. It's a great movie with the horror that we, uh, the great horror yeah. movie. <laughs> so, okay. It's so good. I knew I recognized that. So I'll check it out then. You're going to love it only because um, you like, this is not a, um, your average horror movie. Oh, no, it is not. And I don't know why it's not getting more love. I'm sure it might be getting more love in the UK. But I know it's not getting a lot of love here because I haven't heard anything about it. I heard some. You know what? No, I heard a podcast and they talked about it like last year or early this year because it was at a film festival. And all they were saying is, I look forward to what America thinks about ghost stories. Because it's, it's a freaking terrifying movie. The, the idea they put out and put into your brain is terrifying. So let me ask you, if I was to like come over your house and then like we just all the like we turned out all the lights, if I sat in the chair you're sitting in, would that creaky sound scare you? Because good Lord, that is one creaky ass chair you're sitting in. It would scare me. You hear it? Oh, my God. Man. <laughs> you need an Allen wrench or what you need over there, man? I got you. I can hook you up. You know what's funny? I it, it's the first chair I put together, and it's sounding like I uh, I did an interesting You're job. Like, Good evening, <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing is, here's how creeped out I was. I went to bed, chilling. I got up, closed my closet, went back to bed. Oh, Stephen, that's adorable. <laughs> Seriously, like, what scares you? I know we're still like we're past Halloween. Yes. I know we're, we're yes. These are the after effects of Halloween, but yes. Like legitimately, what scares you? What real life thing scares you? Like as in things that exist? As in shit that could really happen. What scares you? Oh, here's the thing that scares me. And it's my fault for even uh, like, like thinking about it. Um, if they were, if I was watching the news and they said, uh, small outbreak of the plague, that scares me. Yeah, but that's far-fetched. Real. It's far-fetched though. Uh, I mean, we think it is, but is it? Yeah, kind of. We're, I mean, we're, not we're not that old of a country. We're not that old of a civilization for it to be too far-fetched. Yeah, I know. It could just come back. I mean, I get it. And that's a perfectly, you know, you can submit that answer. But I was talking a little more on the normal day-to-day kind of thing. What scares me? Um, Day-to-day stuff, not a lot. Like, I, I even go to, like, the ATM at 3 in the morning. Nothing scares me. I think the only thing that scares me is the unknown. Like when I went out to um, Bigfoot country, quote unquote, um, I got creeped out when I was at a creek bed in front of all those redwoods. And later on, I went back to the visitor center and I was like, yeah, I was at one of the riverbeds by myself. And I was looking up into the trees and couldn't quite see past the, the, the line, the, the tree line. And I felt like I was being watched. And the guy was like, oh, you totally were. Oh, no. <laughs> now that's and and he walked over to help another customer. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what does that What does he mean? But all of them believe in Bigfoot out there. But he was like, you felt watched because you were being watched. You were being watched by that Sasquatch. Gee. You better stay off like that, that road one. right there, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, you know what? Seeing the soil to a man's heart is stonier. At this point, I don't know, man. I don't know what's in those trees. Like, there were so many of them. I, but I knew at the water's edge... I had a feeling that I had never had before. Like, I was like, ooh, I feel creeped out. Like, I couldn't quite see beyond it. And I was like, I don't, 
And they're like, um, and again, they did put the warning saying, don't ever go down to the creek alone. Always make sure you go down to the river with someone or a group of people. <laughs> That's horrifying. And me, me, I was just like, group of people. Yeah, boy's a group of people. Feel me? And I got down to the river and I was like. I'm like yeah. a motherfucking gang in shoes right now. Exactly. I felt, I felt dope until I didn't. And I immediately ran back up the trail. But he's like, yeah, you were being watched. Yeah. And he walked off to help another person. That, like, if you were to say, "Hey, let's um, go out, go out to the redwoods, um, go out to uh, Humboldt County and camp," yeah, I wouldn't do that. That would be that would scare me. That would because I I know, a I don't know what's out here. B if we discover something that no one believes in, that's it. There is no coming back and telling Fresno. Turns out this is real. No, I just disappear. It's over. We're like, oh, I guess he got eaten by lions. Probably, maybe, in a way, kind of a bear, possibly. No one knows. That unknown, I do not like. But as long as it's like, if I get robbed, okay, I got robbed, but it was by a person. Whereas if I'm, if the unknown freaks me out. Mama, I found this man face down in the creek. Can we keep him? I think it was one of, I think it was big. I guarantee, G, you know what's funny? I uh, went to the weed store out in Humboldt County before weed was legal. Hey, oh, hey, oh! And uh, I said, uh, I was like, "Hey, you guys have weed all in your front lawn?" As if they didn't realize it. They're like, I'm "No like, hey, you shit, got weed all in your." Fr- <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, you got weed all in your front um, area?" And I was, and he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "How do you guys get away with it being not just illegal?" And he said, "Oh, we make our own laws out here." I said, that is the most dope thing I've ever heard a man say in front of my face before. We make our own laws around here. Okay. You win, sir. And we don't like you. And the funny thing is, they were super nice. I expected them to be like, like you were saying. Their main thing was like, oh, wow, you're from Fresno. How long are you staying? I'm like, oh, I'm going back the same day. They were all like, you're going back tonight? I'm like, yeah. Like, why would you do that? That's their main thing. Like, why wouldn't you just get a hotel and stay? I don't think you understand. I'm Steve Hudson. Exactly. I'm like, I don't stay in hotels, you silly goose. But I would have now with that drive back, because it was it was eight hours there, eight hours back. That's insane, dude. That's your whole day. I would I would never do that again. I don't know why you did it the first time. It was because it was stupid. And I didn't realize they're like, or you could have gone an hour down the road to Oregon. I said, I was that close to Oregon? They're like, you were about two hours away. I said, dear Lord, I, I drove far, dog. But it was beautiful. Totally it was, but yeah, the what scares you? Like, I know for you, I'm very interested in what, like, I'm talking about, like, gives you a fear. What is it? Well, it kind of breaks down into, like, caution versus fear sometimes it's genuine fear but a lot of the times it's people that are like and i don't mean like mentally ill people i guess i guess they could kind of fall into this category but people that hang out by themselves at night in the dark just single people just chilling or walking down the street acting a little crazier than like like no one's watching except for me who's driving by and they're just like talking talking i don't know i can't explain i don't think i'm gonna i'm actually gonna paint a very good picture here it's like lone people that are just hmm. walking through the streets at night that puts you that gives you caution yeah i feel like i'm okay. like being watched is something that genuinely scared much like what you were saying how you know oh no you're being watched uh i don't like to have my windows open at night and shit like that 
Is that weird? Oh, that's interesting. No, that is interesting. I mean, I'm shocked in Fresno you don't like having your windows open at night. Nah. I mean, yeah, to get some air and stuff. But I'm talking about like if I'm at the kitchen. You saw my kitchen where it's at. Yes. Right? So it's facing mm-hmm. the street. So if yes. I'm like doing dishes at night, I always have this fear of like someone like on the window. Like, get the fuck out of here. And they're just staring oh, at you. Dude. Oh, dude, you would lose your mind. That would be scary. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. I that mean, would be scary. That and um, the ocean. <laughs> Why does the ocean scare you? Because I don't know what the fuck is in there. I don't belong in there. I'm not getting in it. I'm terrified sw- of the ocean. Seriously. Do you swim? Yeah, I can swim. So, But that's what pools are for. Okay, I get that, mm-hmm. but why are you terrified? So even in Hawaii, even though you could see everything underneath you, is it worse for you or better? Uh, no, no, no. It's not a. It's not a matter of uh, what's like the 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 aquatic life that's there. Well, I guess it is. What? It's the fear of not knowing what's coming at me. You know what I mean? Getting bit oh. by a shark or some shit like that is not not hip with me. I don't like it at all. So it's a. I don't know anyone that does. You know that's an actual phobia, afraid of getting bit by a shark in water. Then I've got a phobia, for sure. Like, well, when I was in Maui, I went snorkeling, or what they called snoobing, because you get to, you wear a, an oxygen mask and you go down like 25 feet. And I was cool, Good looking boy. at all the beautiful fish, and there was turtles and shit like that. We were swimming in this place called Molokini, I believe. It's a crater. And that, all that was cool until I went down and there was some coral, and a fucking yeah. eel came out. You know, ugly eels, and he was like looking at me like, what's up? Just what? staring at me. I, I fucking booked. I got right. <laughs> I went up to the surface. I'm done. That's it. Wait, what did the eel do to you? He was just looking at me like, what's happening? So me. why would that scare you if it was just looking at you? Because I didn't know what he's going to do next. I mean, obviously nothing. I don't know that because I took off. Who knows what he would have done? Or she. I don't like eels, man. I don't like oh, snakes oh, and shit let's like that. go into this. Why don't you like eels again? Because they look like snakes. They resemble snakes. I don't like snakes. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I wish I, wish I had, wouldn't? like, that's a phobia for sure. I wish I had an answer for you, but I, I don't. I'm just, I mean, like, I am fucking terrified of snakes. For real. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like Indiana Jones terrified. So wait a minute. I don't, I don't have, the, oh, wait, 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 I do. Isn't that where he, um, like, he had a thing with snakes, right? Yeah. And what did that have any? No, that wasn't the part where he had to grab his hat before the wall closed. Uh, no, no, no. But okay, okay, okay. But right after that, he got into a plane and there was a snake in there. Like the pilot was like, "Oh, that's just my friend Petey," or something like that. And he's like, "I, I hate snakes. I, I smell a snake video coming for Heroes of Noise. A snake video? What are you talking about? That shit where will you, not you happen. Conquer your where you conquer your fear. Nah, it's not happening." No, I'm saying like where you hold yeah, one. Not happening. Just to get over nope. your fear. Negative. Like, it's not a phobia. You just don't like them. It's not happening. It's a phobia. Can Even the ones that it? won't bite. I don't want them anywhere near me. But I'm saying, would you do it for the show? No. Fuck the show. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about movies and shit. I'm not trying to hold a snake. <laughs> the fuck? This ain't fear factor, G. I'm not. No. No, no, no. Um, it's I bad think, too, oh, Steve, you, seriously. Like you, you, we haven't even really scratched the surface of it, but it's really bad. I'm going to have to tell thing. a story one of these days. I, I hesitate you on telling, really going to have I hesitate to. on telling stories that of things I did in the nineties because I did a lot of things in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if those things should be talked about. Well, I think it would be interesting. There was this one time that I may, it may or may not have happened. Where I may or may not have um, uh, been hallucinating. I'll say that. 
and oh, and weird. and a dude whose house that I may or may not have been at. I, this is this could not even happen. I'm just giving you, you know. Of course, it's uh, hypothetical. Yeah, exactly. Allegedly, had us, you know, like the um, push-up bars, pull-up bars, rather. Of course. In your doorway. Well, uh-huh. he he had one that well, he may or may not have had one like diagonal in the corner. So like if you're walking through, let's just say you're walking through your bedroom door or something like that or into mm-hmm. the hallway, the corner right there that it forms, he would, he put one there and he, the snake had wrapped its itself around it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can you uh-huh. picture what I'm getting at? And sure so when I didn't know it was there <laughs> and when I may or may not have walked through this door, I just happened to look up as it was striking at me. It didn't hit me. But it was the most horrifying shit ever. And then I had to, <laughs> I, I literally crawled, <laughs> I crawled on the floor to get past the snake so he wouldn't, uh, you know, snap at me again. I know that's not like Wait anywhere, minute. that's it nowhere struck, near. It did it, but it didn't hit you though. No, but it was like striking out. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Does that not seem wow. horrifying to you? That is horrifying, dude. I can see why that's a thing. I could totally see why that's a thing. Why, why you're scared of it. Yeah, it's like it's it's no good at all. It's not a good thing. Snakes are terrifying to me. And, I, and I'm just scratching the surface, man. I'm not even telling you all the craziness, but snakes have been like a really fucked up part of my life. Okay, okay. Okay, that's okay. a bit dramatic. <laughs> that's a little okay. bit dramatic. Just let's, let's just. But you are to the point that if I did a, I, if I did a, a prank on you and I put a, a fake snake in your bed and you wake up to it, you're freaking out. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, that's not bad. As long as you don't like go into some sort of shock. But I'm like, what, you know, coming out, I'm crawling on the ground and people are laughing because they saw what happened, right? But all I'm hearing is like, what's, what's wrong? wrong? You afraid of all them snakes? snakes? Like, like, really? Yeah, I was. It was bad. It was a bad trip. Yeah, I had a bad trip in the nineties, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm getting at. There, I said it. Good lord, man! I did. Now here's. I was driving down the street the other day. I'm sorry. I'm I'm changing the subject, but it's all regarding this. I was thinking after doing that, like I don't know. I didn't get any response. I don't know if anyone even liked the little story that I did last week. But I was. They did, dude. No, no, no. I'm not asking for any like kudos. I'm just saying. Send them kudos. No, you don't need anything like that. Don't do he that. Needs it. I don't need kudos. People. I don't like kudos. Love. He's like LL Cool J. No, I just started thinking like, what if I did these and told some stories about like you know, back in the day. You totally should. You totally should. I think I might, man. I, I don't know. There's this part of me that really wants to tell some of these some of these dumbass stories that I went through, and I think that they would be kind of hilarious. Well, speaking of fear, I actually did get the hookup of. Um, Possibly spending the night at Alcatraz. What? How? They said that they still do it. So how did you get a hookup? Because this guy that used to be a parole officer, I guess he, I guess, I don't know if someone he knew did it or something like that. But he said, um, whoever he talked to that did it really freaked out. And he's not the type to freak out. Yeah, I don't think you could do it. I really don't. Dan, Dan, you don't know your boy, man. Well, now after ghost stories, I don't know. Yeah. Ghost stories scares but, you. But Alcatraz, no, being by yourself. No, but no, but now I'm gonna actually watch some funny movies, which I so to to like de like de scarify my brain back to normal. And then I'll I'll I will watch some logical 
like science documentaries about why it's all not true, they'll be like, okay, I'm back to normal. <laughs> like once I look at logic again, I'm perfectly back to normal. <laughs> but right now there's, you know, but once I get, gee, I would do, but the thing is, if we could both do it, we should both do it. What do you mean we? Because I'm saying we could both totally do it. And, and record dope- everything? Yes. That would be fun. Hey, Steve. Yeah. I- I'm got to go to the bathroom. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. Have fun, bro. Okay. Totally understandable. Yeah. Now, I only have one more show I want to talk about today. Okay. And you're going to, this is, I'm getting back to the whole Steve is liking popular stuff. Oh, oh, we're going to be here a while, aren't we? Dan. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to, we're not going to do, we're, we're going to do a simple one today. Okay. Do you know what a great show is right now that's on TV that I have no business liking that's on Netflix? That I have zero business like. That's on Netflix. Okay, I thought you were going down another road. No, please tell me. Gee, Sabrina is amazing. That's what I'm hearing. And I have, I've seen the first one and it definitely held my interest. So you you think I should keep going with this? Oh, dude, it is so freaking good because they go dark, gee. They go dark as you go through the, and it's also a lot of really um, very poignant, like woke messages that I was just like, oh, they're doing this thing. They're going all the way. And I was wondering, I was like, where have I seen this girl before? I was like, oh, she was John Hamm's daughter on freaking Mad Men. I had to look it up though. Now, are you familiar with, like, I know, you know, Riverdale. Do you know that? That's all part of like the Riverdale universe. Were you aware of that? Yes. I heard because they said something about Riverdale. Oh, okay. Okay. They're like, oh, are you from Riverdale? She's like, no. So, and also it says from Archie Comics. Yes. From, I was going to tell you from yeah. Archie Comics. And it was, dude, look, it is such a good show. And there are, there is a, um, there's a ghoul that comes in like episode four that is legitimately terrifying. And I'm like, oh, they're going here. And I even like how they did, uh, I, think it's, I think this is Satan, but I love how they even did Satan with the goat head and the goat hoofs. Yeah. And did, he just walks. Did that you hear really that they, they pissed off the Church of Satan on that for some reason? Like the Church of Satan felt disrespected because the, uh, I haven't gotten there. I've only watched the first episode, but I believe there's like some satanic statue that she's by. I don't know if you're there yet. So. Yeah, there is. There yeah. is. Yeah, I have no idea what the context is, oh, so I don't feel this theirs? is a spoiler. No, um, I think it's very close. No, I think it might be like identical. Because yeah. <laughs> right when I saw it, I was like, I think I've seen that before. But now, what I don't you know doing in do the satanic have? church, Stephen? That's not very I wonderful sh- of you. I'm shocked that they didn't copyright that. Well, it raised. The, <laughs> I was going to say they raised hell. <laughs> Can you see what? Oh, I did? you're so. I, I see didn't even mean. Did, it. I didn't even mean to do it. Where's the drum hit? I'm telling you, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Actually, I have very limited uh, battery life on my. Uh, again, shit that people don't need to know. But my soundboard is running low, so I got to be very conservative with it. 
I got a couple of so, things that we're going to use it for, you know? Oh, yes. Um, so I would recommend, here's what I'd recommend uh, Sabrina for. Sabrina 2 for different uh, situations. If you're a fan of horror, but you want a horror show that you could watch with like kids that are like 11 to 16, watch it if they're really good with horror. Or it's a legitimately fun show that you don't have to you don't have to listen to every single thing that's happening. So if you're doing something else, you can fold clothes or do something else while you're watching or listening to this and you don't have to worry about, uh-oh, what did I miss? Like there's some shows that if you miss a minute and a half, you feel like you're on the wrong episode. You're like, what the crap did I miss? Oh, well, that person put in a code for this and that code sent it to that person that's off in that other, you're like, oh my God, I got to just watch this. No, this is a fun show to have on. And there's not a dull, I haven't watched a dull episode yet. It's just super duper fun, dude. You know, I remember now, I started watching it on Hollywood, 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 I can't even say it now. Halloween night is what I'm trying to say. And uh, the reason that I didn't finish is my sister came over, my mom came over, and we were talking and stuff. So I turned it off and I never got back to it. But Steve, I know you've been watching Doctor Who and I don't know if you're there Uh yet. Did you know that the, because I don't know the characters' names or anything, but the very first episode... There's the teacher that, um, I don't want to give spoilers. She may, she might not be the teacher anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. She is in Dr. Who. She plays someone named Misty. And I don't even want to go there now. I, you know what? I should have opened up my mouth, but she's in Dr. Who. Is she in the tenant? Is she in the tenant episode? No, she's later on, but, but her character ties to another character you may have encountered already. Have you heard of the master? Yes. Okay, so she may or may not be the master. Oh, really? Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But that's um, like, oh, hey, look at her. And I thought she, no offense to the woman, but I thought she was much older. She looks younger in this. I think they kind of played um, her up a little bit or something, or they put some makeup this on This one, her. I love how they're using, like, that little storyline this, on this show is so good. It's so good, dude. That storyline is great. All of them are just, all the actor, and I remember um, when I was watching it, I was sitting there, uh, I was like, okay, what? You know how those, just like on the other shows that are watching, I was like, what have I seen this person at, in? And so, I was, and I was like, where have I seen her? And I was like, oh, Lucy Davis was Pam on the original Office. Okay, all right. And I was like, oh, on the UK version with Ricky Gervais. And because I, I kept on looking at it, I was like, where have I? But she was also in Wonder Woman, but that's not who I remember her from. I remember her from The Office. So, and I was like, oh, she's the original Pam. And this woman, Lucy Davis, she plays her aunt, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Again, she just very so much good. brushed over because of the, uh, oh, and the person that I'm talking about, by the way, is Michelle Gomez, who plays Mary uh, Wardwell. Yes. The teacher? Okay. Just, just tying it all together, sir. I don't have a lot to contribute today, so I just thought I would tie those No, and together. here's the thing. Okay, I got, I got a question for you. What's up? What do you think about Rom- uh, Miranda Otto? Who's that? Look her up. Google her. Is she in Tell the show? Tell me what you th- Yeah, she's in the show. She's okay. the main. She's like, uh, she's Zelda. Miranda. Aha. I think nothing of her. Is there a reason that I should? No, I was just wondering what you thought. Like, I think I have a Miranda Otto thing. Oh, oh, you mean just like physically? Like, what is, does yeah. she do anything for me? She's a pretty woman. 
But you know, you know, who she's I a handsome woman. She's a handsome woman. <laughs> Do you know who I think is just banging though? Who's that? The girl that plays Rosalind. I gotta keep going back and forth here. I keep putting it down. Let's Her name see. is Jazz Sinclair. J D D D. Let's see. Here. J A Z Sinclair. G. Yeah. G. Yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you, sir. G. <laughs> I was like, yo. Yeah, she's like all kinds of lovely. Oh, I'm looking Bruh. on IMDb right now, dude. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll leave it at that. She is gorgeous, G. Yeah, I'm going to be respectful on this show, but yes, she's very pretty. Dude, I was You like, can say no. whatever you want, though, Steve. No, you know what? She's just bangeration, G. She's bangeration. And I think, and the funny thing is, everyone that's on this show, there is not a weak link where, you know, there's normally one actor. I'm like, why are they, why are they in this thing? They're just not really good. Every single, even the people that are only on once in a while, when they're on, I'm like, gosh, they're just killing it. They're knocking it out of the freaking part. Even the, there's a part where they have like douchey um, football player b- bros. Yeah. They pick the guys that you would look at and be like, those are the douchey football player bros. <laughs> Before they talk, that is the actor that should play them. As soon as you see them, you're like, okay, they did a genius thing by making no matter what they do to them, you, you can't feel bad because of how they are. You just are like, oh, yeah, well, they deserve that. It's just, a, dude, Sabrina is fantastic, man. I cannot wait for season two. Cannot wait. I plan on being all over it, man. I just haven't had the time this week, but it was definitely something that I had made the attempt to watch. If I'm going to make the attempt and I'm you know, not turned off immediately, I'm going to watch the whole thing. So I'll definitely come back to it probably sooner than later. I'm going to try to get a lot of TV watching in this week because, I mean, I feel bad. I have nothing to contribute outside of what we're about to talk about. It's just, okay, one last thing. Go for it. Have you ever heard of Rita? No. I got okay, nothing for you, man. I'm here so sorry. Is the, here is the, the breakdown. It's the following the life of a very outspoken and rebellious woman. Rita is a school teacher who is competent in the classroom, but seems to need a teacher of her own when it comes to her personal life. Okay. So the story is about Rita. And she is fairly chaotic in life, but she's one of those teachers that like smoke and wear the leather jacket and... All the kids are like, you know, she's a cool one. But, you know, it's not so much what she does in because she's always rebellious in school to the point that sometimes the, the, you know, the principal's like, look, I love you and you get good results. But my uppers, I got to fire you because of people that are up above me. You are just too much. And Rita is it's 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 filmed and it's like it's filmed in Denmark. So there's subtitles. and. it is, I guarantee if you watched the first season, Dan, you're watching the whole, you're watching them all. You're watching them all because you fall in love with everyone on this show. You fall in love with everybody. And it makes you want to travel to Denmark too. I try to watch everything that you recommend. So I'll check it out. I got no problem with it. it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, real quick, bro. I, 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 I have it. a concern that I want to share with you because I don't really know what to do about this. I want to know what you think. Go. So I'm a little worried about my marriage. Something has come in between us over the last two weeks or so, and I don't really know how to handle it, man. So I want to know what you think about this. Okay. Okay. I think that Gail has another relationship going on, but it's not with another person. Mm -hmm. 
it's with a channel. And I don't know. Huh. I don't even know if I can say it out loud. Uh, she is more than addicted to watching the Hallmark Christmas Channel. Oh, jeez. And, bro, that's just another. I didn't want to say it, but this is another oh, reason why dude. I haven't been able to really watch things lately. Because, oh, like, no joke, it's on nonstop in my house. And my daughter is now affected by oh, this. Oh, no. So now both Sarah and Gail sit there and watch this. It is the most re- <laughs> It's silly. It is the it's most silly. ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. It's always the same story. It's always on, it's always on, uh, I think they film it in like Ontario or something like that, but it's always like off the East coast somewhere, you know what I mean? Where it's all snowy and people are always drinking cocoa and shit. And it's just terrible, man. It's like, you know, Gina is a reporter from Santa Barbara who's there to film her old hometown in a very special you know, Christmas, year-end Christmas uh, thing for, I'm not, I'm not painting a good picture here, but, you know, she's painting a, um, a picture of her town so she can, you know, put it out in a magazine or whatever, right? And it just so happens that maybe, just maybe, Steve, she's just getting over heartbreak, right? Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side of things, we've got Tom. And if I forget their names, it doesn't matter because it's all the same shit every time. And, like, Tom, you know, he just, his, he's got a son, maybe a daughter, and he's a widower. And, you know, he's just, he's really just kind of turned away from love, Steve. He, he doesn't want to, he can't love anymore. You know what I mean? But, of course not. But I think that the thing that's probably going to happen with this one is that, uh, you know, during the, and this always happens, by the way, during the town Christmas tree lighting in the town square, because there's always a town square, uh, you know, they, they, they lock eyes with each other and they start to talk. And, you know, it's just, the thing is, Steve, it's crazy because, you know, these two, they're not meant to be together. You know what I mean? But but maybe, just maybe, Steve, with a little bit of help and a little bit of time and a whole lot of Christmas, maybe that Gina and Tom can not only find love for each other, but find, you know, what the true meaning of Christmas is, Steve. And... <laughs> I want to cut off my testicles when I watch these things because it's just nonstop, <laughs> you know? And so then let's go to another one. Um, you know, maybe uh, you, you want to try one. Let's, I bet you, you could do this. Just give me, just give me anything that you think these shows are about. I mean, I've got okay, plenty ready? of them. Yeah, sure. Here we go. All right, here we go. So we meet Tracy at a, she's a, you know, she owns a small bookstore on the side of the street. You know, a, a busy, a little cobblestone town, a, a cobblestone town. The streets are wonderful, all snowy with Christmas. And um, in this wonderful bookstore, all of her friends are like, anyway, we're going out to a party. Do you want to come? And she's saying, no, no, I'm just going to sit at home. She's like, are you sure you always stay at home? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stay at home. And as everyone's leaving, one person stabs by and she goes up to her. and She says, Tracy, you're going to find someone else. And Tracy's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, she's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm good. And all of a sudden, as the door is closing, some guy stumbles in. He's like, hey, hey, um, uh, is this the bookstore? Uh, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. And he's just stumbling over himself. I'm sorry. Um, I got a flat tire. Is there any way? She's like, um, if you haven't noticed, this isn't exactly a, uh, a tire shop. He's like, yeah, but I mean, do you have like, uh, anything that can happen. She's like, 
yeah, my dad owns a, a stop down the way. So they go down the street and he's like, hi, name's Jack. How, who, what's your name? And as he puts out his hand, it's all oily. And she's like, I'm not going to shit. Oh, sorry. And he rubs it on his already rubbing on his pants. She's like, this guy is freaking gross. And as they're going down the street, they get to his dad, her dad's old, broken down car, car lot. And then he puts in his, you know, he drives up the, he's like, oh, so you, uh, you got a little bit of a flat tire. He's like, yeah, sir. He's like, oh, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm, you know, from up the road. He's like, really? And slowly, the dad and the guy start getting very, very close. And the daughter is forced to kind of hang out with this guy who's a bumbling idiot. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. Of course not. But slowly, he's like, hey, I'm not doing anything tonight. Why don't you come? No, I'm not going to do it. Come on. You have nothing else to do. Why don't you come out with me? He's like, she says, fine, I'll go out. And so she tells him the story of her ex and all these things. And one thing leads to another. Long story short, one day. She shows up to the old, you know, her dad's old car lot while the guy is, you know, because he gets a job with the dad because he's stuck in that little town for a while. Well, of course. she's, Of course she does. And he put, because, and the thing is, you remember before this, they had a big falling out. And she's like, I don't want you. I've already been in love and I don't want to fall in love again. And so he's like, I guess I'll give up. So she, he gives up. and But one day she realizes, oh, he is the one I want. So she shows up to the old dusty car situation with a flat tire. Oh, I know what's going to happen so, here, baby. And it goes, bing, bing, bing. And he's like, yeah. And the dad tells him, um, it looks like you have a customer. They have a flat tire. And he's like, where? They're like, there. And so he walks out, and sure enough, it's the car of Tracy's. And she's like, I sure would like my tire fixed. And he's like, I thought you were gone. And she's like, no, I did go. But I realized that just like this wonderful tire iron that you have, there's only certain things that could fit my nut and bolt. And you are the one. It's getting a little graphic. <laughs> I think I masturbated to that one, Steve. <laughs> that is my Hallmark story. That's good, man. Let me try one more. One more real quick. and then we'll, Because, you know, there are a million of them. Yet they're all the same. So, yeah. hold on. Yeah, I think, you know what? Is the music going to keep on for me? I think it is. So, check this out. So, Caroline is a uh, she's a roving reporter uh she's she lives in uh in the midwest but her parents they, you know her parents they all live back in maine and you know maine is beautiful this time of year steve i don't know if you understand that or not it's um of course you know again i don't know if i mentioned that there's there's always this really festive thing that they do let me just throw a little little something on just a little oh yes you know during this time of year, the town gathers together to light the tree. And there's eggnog. And for some reason, Charlie Brown music, <laughs> music is playing. And um, anyway, Caroline is this roving reporter, and she comes back to the town of Maine to be with her parents. And, you know, she was really hesitant to even go there in the first place because of David. Now, David was her high school sweetheart. And they had a massive falling out, Steve. I don't know. It was pretty bad. And um, I don't know if she's ever really going to recover from that. So all she really does, she just does not want to run into him while she's there because she's not there for that, Steve. She's there to, she wants to get, you know what? She wants to get this, this report done. This, 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 uh, yeah, I want to get out of this She town. wants to Let's stick just, and move yeah, is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? And so yes. when she gets there, 
oh, everything's going well. She runs into Tina and the rest of her friends, and you know, and, of course. and they ask how she's been doing, and she lies a little bit. She tells them that she's doing better than she really is. But deep down, there's something in her soul that's amiss. Of course. And you know, at the coffee shop, while the band plays in the background, they're playing uh, Christmas hits. Uh, Karen tells her that, well, have you heard about David? Of course I haven't heard about David. He's engaged. Instantly, she's torn. But of course she's not going to let anybody know that. Of right? Well, Because she doesn't care about David anymore. David did yeah. her wrong. It's over between Whatever. them. You know? Yes. Until David walks in. At this, which is weird, Steve, it's at the same bookstore that yours was. It's very, it's this, this place is the hub of Christmas love. So they're, they're there, and she's picking up a book on Christmas because that's what you do in these towns, in the town of Cookie Jar. Cookie Jar USA is what it's called. And she runs into him, and they, you know, they have this awkward conversation. And you know he tries to say how much he misses her, and that's it. She was doing okay until he said that. She turns around, she walks away. She's done with that. Until they get to the Christmas gathering. Uh-oh. And there she is, by herself, friends in tow, but really, she just feels alone. And then there's David across the way, dancing with his bride-to-be. Of course. Oh. And it just, you know, she, she, it really hurts her soul oh, to see that. No. And she's thinking, yeah. you know what? Well, maybe, I, you know what? I just, this is good. Because this is going to give me exactly the fuel that I need. The kick in the pants. Exactly. Yeah. The kick in the Christmas pants that I need to mm. get over David. You know what I mean? Yes. So, but, but the plot thickens, Steve, because... She wants to go get some eggnog. Uh, David mm-hmm. actually is like, you know what? Go ahead, get your eggnog. He's talking to his, his ex-girlfriend, her, his, uh, his uh, fiance. And the fiance mm-hmm. goes to get said eggnog and runs into Edgar. Edgar is the town stud, Steve. Uh-oh. And so now, I don't even remember what this chick's name is. <laughs> the reporter. Caroline. But she, Caroline, thank you very much. I appreciate that because I have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> However, I will tell you that Caroline notices... Oh, Wow. That'll work. I hear them sleigh bells ring. Uh, you know what? I'm done with this, Steve. I think we get the point. Um, what happens is they all fall in love. It's the same show every single time. And really, it just gets down to this. With a little bit of time and a little bit of love, mm-hmm. everyone is going to find out the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, and by the way, there's always the one guy in the town who he might be, uh, you know, like the school janitor, or maybe he's uh, uh, he helps out at the library. Maybe he works at that bookstore. And for some reason, his name is Chris. And Chris... <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris, let me tell you about Chris. Chris is actually about, I would say he's probably 64 years old. Uh, you know, a handsome man, but he's, you know, he's weathered. He's an older man, and he's got this magnificent white beard. And for whatever reason, he loves to wear red. You know, it's kind of douchey in a town like that, but he's that guy. And something about Chris is just a little bit different than everyone else. And I bet oh, you, boy. I bet okay. you a million dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet you seven candy canes, Steve, that by when this is all said and done, Chris is going to turn everything around for them. Because you know why, Steve? Take because a guess. he can work magic? He can work magic, Steve. And do you know why? He's Chris Kring, Kring, Chris Kringle. How'd you fucking guess, man? Like, like you right on you the. You know, here's. A, I'm impressed. Here's the thing. 
I thought you were gonna do the whole thing where they get together and he's somehow everywhere that they need to get together at. And by the end, she, they're like, who would have thought they'd get together? And he looks at the camera and be like, I would and winks. And like, oh, ho, 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 and goes off into the He pulls the a little sky. Deadpool and looks at the camera and talks at it. He breaks yes. the fourth wall. Yeah. You Dude, know what happened? Why is why are your, you what have you done to your family to make them addicted to this silliness? I'm going to turn this down because I've heard enough of it all week. I don't know. And you know what? Thank you for chiming in on your story because it was lovely. Here's the thing. I think I was just I put myself under pressure. I wasn't really ready to talk about it. It was just something that I, I knew I had to bring up with you. Uh, I'm worried about her, first of all. I don't think that I can really pull her away from this. Now, she tells me it's a good thing, you know, because it makes her happy. And she does. She says she doesn't even really watch them as much as they're just on all the time. So it's like having Christmas music on all the time. But this this channel, this Hallmark channel, it's just terrible. Like it's where, you know what it is? It's where actors go to finish off their career. And then it's also where you see a lot of people that look like people. Like, in other words, like, oh, he kind of looks like Matthew McConaughey, but he's not Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. Or, or she looks like um, uh, Hayden Panettiere. I don't know. I just brought her name up real quick. But it's not her. They all, it's like, you know what? I could see them in the, in the like, auditions and things like that. You know, you're good. You're good. But you kind of look like Hayden Panettiere. And we already got one of those. If you didn't have that look, you know, we, we, would, we would take you for this part. So then she has to go to Hallmark. And she has to, you know, lower her, her, uh, she has to give less of a performance because they don't need all that. They just want people to fill these parts. It's, 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 well, it's, the thing, it's, 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 here's where it goes. It goes it's terrible. It goes movie theater actor, then straight to DVD actor, then straight to like streaming actor. Then it goes straight to Hallmark. And then it goes exclusively Christian movie actor. Those are the rings that you, you fall through. I mean, what's your take on this? Do you, could you bring yourself to watch these? They're no. on, I had no idea that there were this They're many on of them. 24 seven. It does not stop. Now, and now even, even admit, now, Danielle Panabaker's doing one. No. Yes. Like the she's flash a, wasn't she's the flash. Exactly. Why is she doing this? I don't oh, know. You know, I, I'm going to have to hit her up and be like, yo, what do you, what do you, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, why are we doing it? You got, you got Skrilla. Maybe, you know, it's funny because some would call my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time is tied with Bo Better Blues and Malcolm X. But my favorite movie of all time, uh, uh, When Harry Met Sally, some would say that's sort of a Hallmark movie, but I don't think it is. I actually have a synopsis of one of these for you. I can really just tell you now. Let's see how close we were, okay? Okay. All right, let me just bring up the Christmas tunes a little bit. As Christmas approaches, Elizabeth Bennett, a New York event planner, is sent to a quaint small town to organize their, here it comes, holiday festival. Here we go. When she arrives, she finds William Darcy Steve, a high-profile yep. billionaire, lacking in holiday spirit, as oh, they do. Lord. In the process of selling the charming estate she hoped to use as a venue, determined to make her event a success, Elizabeth persuades the reluctant Darcy to let her hold the festival on his historic estate once known for its holiday cheer. Once known, Steve, no longer. When they wind up working together to arrange the festivity, the unlikely pair begins falling for each other. Go figure, right? But when the complications arise and the festival is unexpectedly shut down, Steve, the couple parts ways and Darcy moves forward with his plans to sell the estate. And on the night before Christmas, 
a wistful, wistful Steve, Elizabeth, hopes for a Christmas miracle to revive the festival, save the estate, <laughs> and maybe rekindle her holiday romance. Oh, it's over. We nailed it. We yeah, that's that's it. pretty much it. I didn't do as great of a job as you, but, I was, but that's, I mean, that's oh, yes, it. yes, you did. That is it, though. Yes, you did. But the thing is, I could have gone for hours and told the whole story. I had yeah. to clean it up. I had to be like, <laughs> oh, this is becoming fun. Like, I got yours, caught up in it for a second. Yours got Maybe downright sexual. Maybe I am in a Hallmark. Maybe I am a Hallmark. Maybe I'm going to watch one of these movies. Don't do Maybe it, Maybe I don't like it, Dan. Because, like, she looks different now. Like, like my wife looks tired. Like, she's staying up too late watching these movies. Damn. You know, like, I'm like, hey, honey, how you doing? She's like, hi. But it, she's not talking to me. Uh-oh. She's talking Uh-oh. through me. She's talking through you. Uh-huh. Just like the Beatles would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little worried about this. So I'm just wondering if this affects any of our other listeners out there. Do you have your counterparts? Maybe you're that person. Do you love these Christmas movies so much that you just can't live without them, that you have to watch them every day? Like, literally every single day. Just wondering if anyone else shares my, my woe. There. It's out there. Just food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you, you know where to get in touch with us. Leave a voicemail. Come on. We want to hear about your Hallmark. Oh, here it is. Here's the Hallmark challenge. We want you to leave a voicemail with your best Hallmark oh, story. There a you fake go. One. Yes. Let me hear your best Hallmark story breakdown. That's brilliant. And we will brilliant. play it on the show next week. I'll Let's add Christmas music and everything. Yes, we will add Christmas music. We want it, and we want it slow. We want you to be like, so, give it, give it your all, ladies and gentlemen. We want to hear this happen. Give us your Hallmark sh- uh, story, and uh, uh, we will definitely play it on the show. You know who I would like to share a, a, a Christmas with? Who's that? The love of my life. You have one of those? Uh, no, I just would like to show, I would like to share it with, uh, the love of my life because, and I'm, even though it is the love of my life, what I'm not in love with is my car. I'm not in love with my car. I'm not in love with my car. Oh, um, you know, these are things that aren't I know exactly where you're going, sir. happening. Um, I am a good old fashioned lover boy though. <laughs> I am a good old fashioned lover boy. And um, I do like lazing on a Sunday afternoon hey, often. And per the conversations we've had, you do like fat bottom girls. I do like fat bottom girls and I like them riding their bicycle. You know, really, I could sit and, and do yeah. these. I could do these innuendos all. Oh, day. We could say, oh. thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so you're telling me you could play the game forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you're telling me. I think we killed this already, man. I think yes, we killed okay. it. Another one bites the dust. Oh my goodness, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, I mean, you, you got it. I mean, hey, you're, I guess not just you. I think we're the champions, actually. <laughs> we, I think we are the champions. <laughs> hey, man, I'm looking at that girl. What's her name again? Hold on. I, I only see her picture. I got to find her name again. The one on uh, Sabrina that you said is so Jazz lovely. Sinclair. Jazz Sinclair. Yeah. Oh, she's a killer queen? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, assholes, if you didn't guess, we're about ready to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh! Not everyone is a star, Freddy. What are you afraid of? You can't get anywhere pretending to be someone you're not. But you regret it. No one will play queen. I didn't know his fancy dress for it. You look like an angry lizard. You've got to make an impression, darling. So, tell me, 
What makes Queen any different from all of the other wannabe rock stars I meet? Tell you what it is, Mr. Reed. Yeah! We're four misfits who don't belong together. They're playing for other misfits. You're the outcasts right at the back of the room. We're pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. So now the family name's not good enough for you. Changed it legally. No looking back. We want to do something different. It's my money. I say, what goes? We can't simply repeat ourselves. No, we can do better. Freddie, could you tell us about the rumors concerning your sexuality? Queen, how long can that last? You don't make decisions for the band. Your life is going to be very difficult. Family. We believe in each other. That's everything. We're going to do great things. It's an experience. Love. Tragedy. Joy something that people will feel belongs to them. Dude, come on. Dan. Let's Dan, do this. Now I want to yeah, talk. Okay. okay. So before we do it, the lead, what was your lead up when you saw the original trailers? What were your thoughts regarding Bohemian Rhapsody? I actually was super excited about it, but I'm like, okay, is this going to be, because originally I'm sure you knew this, that Sasha Baron Cohen was the first one to take a stab yes. at this. And he yes. apparently, I don't even know what he had in mind, but I think he wanted to go down the more darker road, yes. which would make sense. It's Sasha Baron Cohen. And so I was kind of curious to see what that movie was going to be like. I was talking about that today after seeing Rami Malek do his thing. I mean, I'm sure Sasha Baron Cohen would have done a fine job with it. But I don't think he's capable of doing the job that, that he did, man. Gosh, dude. I don't know. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, I heard a bunch of the drama, like how, um, remember when, uh, I guess, Singer and, um, uh, Singer and Malik got into it. And then he was he was uh, replaced by Dexter Fletcher to finish the film. But, and so I was like, uh oh, whenever you hear drama happening behind the scenes, you wonder like, oh, boy. And let's face it, you know, anytime Singer gets out of something and someone takes over, bad news. Yeah, and I'm one and, and mind you, Singer's not exactly on everyone's love list right now, you know, but it's one of those things where you're like, OK, number one, this was an impossible part. Number two, now there's drama happening behind the scenes. Number three, someone else has to now finish the film. All those working against it, even though I loved the fact that it was happening, I was like, they have a lot of things going against it, though. And so I was very worried going into it until I saw the last trailer I saw. When I saw the last trailer, I said, wait a minute. This can be something. And but I was like, but I'm not going to get excited because, again, you know how things could go. You know, they put the best things on the trailer. 
But on this one, I ask you, Dan, was the best stuff on the trailer? How did you like Bohemian Rhapsody? I'm going to tell you that when I first saw Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, that one promo picture that they had, I'm like, look, yes. spot the fuck on like Freddie Mercury. Yes. He has embodied Freddie Mercury, you know, and then, you know, he's got those weird eyes. And I don't even mean yes. to be mean about that. They're unusual eyes. Let me say that. I'm They're sorry, different. Rami. You're, you're a handsome man. They're just your yes. eyes are a, a major part of your face They're there. And you only have eyes like that. You know what I mean? Yes. So when I saw him take the sunglasses off, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, everything but his eyes was spot on. Uh, and I can say that when I started watching the movie, I kind of had that same feeling. Like I, I saw Rami Malek with long hair playing Freddie Mercury. I can honestly say that by the time this movie is over, that's not Rami Malek, dude. That's Freddie fucking Mercury Freddie on the screen. freaking Mercury so, on the screen. He did so well with this movie. The from Now I have some questions about Obviously, he was lip syncing, you know, because that's no yes. one sings like Freddie Mercury. But did he do, you know, like the part where he was uh, saying singing happy birthday to himself or just mm-hmm. like warming up in the mirror or something like that? Yes. He didn't do that voice, did he? Is that No, just- I think uh, Mark Martell, that guy that sounds exactly like Freddie Mercury on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of the extra vocals. OK, I had a feeling you'd know this. Yeah, he did a lot. And I knew the thing is, remember, we were thinking. Well, shouldn't he just do it? Because he sounds exactly like Freddie Mercury. But he's, when you now, now looking back, I was like, how stupid was that idea? He's not an actor. You needed an actor to do Freddie. And dude, okay, let me tell you where I was in. I was, when the movie started and they did the, they, they did the, uh, the Brian May 20th century. Oh, the 20th century. I was, was like, over. it's over. Yeah, exactly. It is. I was in. I'm locked so I was like, in. Okay, cool. But then when they show him, when they show Freddie Mercury putting on his sunglasses in the beginning and him getting ready to go through the curtain at Live Aid, I said, I am in. This is Freddie Mercury. When he started trimming his beard and then he starts punching the air a little bit, getting ready to walk on stage, I said, Oh, am I in? Am I in? It was so good. Like him being getting ready for it. It's just, it was perfect. And the way he moved, he obviously everything had practiced. Everything was Freddie Mercury. Everything was Freddie Mercury. Even when he was talking and he'd do the lip thing with his teeth. Yeah. That's Freddie Mercury. I just. I said, oh my God. It almost, it, let me tell you how close it got. I almost forgot how real Freddie Mercury looked. Yeah. You know what? I, my pause was, was intentional because I was actually thinking about that. I, I'm kind of with you. When I got home. I'm like, I got to check out this live aid performance. So I did just oh, that. Dude, and I watched dude, the entire performance. Dude. And because it's only like a 25 minute performance that they mm-hmm. do. But saying that that performance, like, oh, it's only a 25 minute performance, does not give it credit. It's the best 20 minutes of all time. I am so sad that I'll never see Queen perform. Like, dude. I'm not talking Adam Lambert with Queen. I'm talking Freddie no. Mercury doing his thing. It was magical, man. Like, like it, you want to know something? I'm going to tell you something. The very end of the movie, which, you know, we'll get there because we're not going to like break this movie all the way down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But on stage at Live Aid, when they go into We Are the Champions, dude, I welled up. I, dude. I couldn't help it. Like, I was dude. thinking, oh, I got this. I'm good. You know, it's a really good movie and I'm totally into it. But as soon as he started the first opening notes of that song, dude, the first few bars, my eyes just fucking like water. Oh, no, no, no. I, um, I wept openly and you're not going to even this, this part. You're going to be like, why <laughs> there is a part where he found out that he was diagnosed Yeah, 
and a guy says, Ayo. And he looks back. Oh, yeah. Ayo. That, it was over for me. And I don't know why. I was like, why was this the part? But he could have acted like it wasn't me. But he wanted him to know I'm with you. Don't trip. I'm Freddie freaking Mercury and I'm here. Oh, my God. You know, I'm a sucker for biopics as it is. You know, yes. I talked about the Hervé Villachez one the other last yes. week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch these things because I'm just interested in them. You know, I, I want to yep. see their interpretation of how this person, whoever they, they are, in this case, Freddie Mercury, how they lived. You know, what were they like? What made them tick? And I can say that this movie, like, I wouldn't have been mad if it was an extra hour long because it was so I, interesting. I, didn't want it to I wanted to know, I, but I wanted to know about his childhood. I wanted to know. Wanted, yes. And these yes. aren't complaints by any means. I just, but I, I found myself wanting more, like not from the movie itself or I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted, yes. I wanted to know more about his childhood. I wanted to see, was he bullied because of his looks? All those things. What inspired him to be a singer? Because, you know, when the movie starts off, when we find out he's a singer, it's just simply like, Hey, I'm a singer. And you, and he goes into it and that voice that comes out, but that voice, I believe you have a story about that. Why Freddie Mercury was able to make those notes right didn't you didn't you it, tell me something like yeah, that one time it's a tr they said it was true he believed it at least that he had an extra, extra like yeah yeah he believed and people said you know what he the reason that he didn't fix his teeth is because he believed it would change his voice and there's no question it would have there's no question him rearranging his mouth would have affected his voice he said no uh, i was question. born with four extra incisors so i have more range than most bruh and then when he said, I'll consider your offer. Oh, it's <laughs> Freddie. It is Freddie freaking Mercury. It was, okay. The thing is, here's where, here's where he does Freddie so well. It's when he's doing these, he's walking across the stage, his walk. I said, he even has Freddie's walk. He has everything. I remember seeing some footage of them filming that part, like way back in the beginning of the year. And they had mentioned that he had he did extensive, I don't know what you call that. Like, I guess it's acting training that he's doing, or but he, you know, it's like a, it was like a a body training that he did to mimic the move so well. I he's I don't think this was one of those situations where he was like a method actor and he became Freddie Mercury and he was Freddie Mercury the whole time. I don't think that was the case with him, or was it? But I mean, it's 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 just crazy because sometimes okay, let me think of a movie. Uh, not the best movie in the world, but let's go all the way back to The Doors, Oliver Stone's The Doors, where Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison. Did you see that one? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think he did a pretty fine job, but after a certain point, it just became a character. You know, all the shit he was saying and talking, you know, because Jim Morrison was fucking nuts. But, you know, it, it just, okay, I get it. You're Jim Morrison. I didn't feel that with Rami Malek. I just felt like this, like I'm watching Freddie Mercury on the screen. I, I can't explain it any better than that. This movie did something to me, Steve. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to make a bold statement right now. Now, I don't like to do this, especially right when I come out of a movie, because I plan on seeing this one again for sure. My daughter was not feeling well, and we were going to take her to see it, and she really wanted to. She loves Queen. We kind of, we're not, I'm not the biggest Queen fan, but I love Queen. You know what I mean? But I can't sit there and tell you all of their albums. I can't tell you the order of the songs go in where I think you probably could. You're a pretty big Queen fan, if I'm not mistaken. I am a... And here's the thing. Okay, before we uh, go, I want, you, I want you guys to know, for me and even my son, because he's the same, um, for me, it's the equivalent of... It's almost... I was, that's why I was eager to hear your opinion, because for me, it was the equivalent of... Um, some people would be like, 
hey, uh, I like chocolate. And they'd say, oh, well, we have peanut butter cups. You never know. They're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, I'll take that. This was the equivalent of like, I love peanut butter cups. And someone saying, well, we have peanut butter cups. And I'd be like, oh, well, this is my thing. This movie is my thing. So it would be hard to mess it up for me. Whereas I'm like someone who doesn't, they like Queen, but they aren't a fanatic of Queen. I wonder how they would dig it. And it sounds like you dug it as much as I did. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I completely appreciate Queen. I completely appreciate the talents of Freddie Mercury. It's just that, truth be told, I'm like one of those people. Well, I'm not. Okay. Like I heard someone saying that, hey, I didn't know they did this song. I didn't know they did that song. I'm not that guy. I knew they did those songs. But I think it was just the sequence that they they came in in the movie, watching them produce these, you know, literally watching them produce these in the movie. It just did something like it, you you. I gained something from that, if that makes any sense. But I don't like the only Queen album I have is a double best of album. That's it. I don't have Night at the Opera. No, I lie. I do have Night at the Opera. And that is literally it. Um, with the exception, of course, of Flash. Okay, maybe I like Queen a lot because I got like Flash Gordon album. I got all kinds of shit. I, I guess just as an adult, I had to reconsider how talented that he really was and what a huge fucking loss it was. I mean, the height of AIDS. And it took him. I think he had it for, what did they say? He died in 1995, and I think he was, when was uh, Live Aid? Was it 84? Uh, Live Aid was, was it, I thought it was, I think it was 84, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 84. So he had a, I don't know what his run was like, but he lived quite a while after that. Um, But it was just sort of off my radar at the time when I was growing up, and I was listening to different things. You know, I've told you some of the things I was listening to, and it was kind of one-sided in that. Uh, But as an adult, I've just learned to really appreciate it again. And, you know, you hear those same songs that are in movie after movie. And, of course, you've always got. Of course. And, and everyone loves that. But I remember being like on a soccer team when I was like, I don't know, maybe seven years old, eight years old. We win and everyone's singing. We are the champions. Queen just had this effect that they kind of reached out to everybody. You knew Queen, whether you thought you did or not. So it was just kind of always in the ether, you know, coming back to it now and, and seeing this movie. Uh, again, it, it just brought tears to my eyes, man. It's it's such a good movie. Uh, my bold statement I have not said yet, but I'm going to go ahead and oh, say it. Oh, I can't wait. I reviewed A Star is Born, and I love A Star is Born. Just saw it again just a little while ago, and I, I guess what? Uh-huh. I loved it then, too. Gail loved it. it was, okay. It's a fantastic movie. and You dug it a lot. And I'm like, somebody just throw a fucking Oscar at these guys. Um, They threw the Oscar, Steve, and I'm going to have to go ahead and go, excuse me, I'm going to need that back. I think... <laughs> I think that this movie is better than A Star is Born. And I don't know if I'm biased because it's Queen and it's a rock biopic, which again, you know, hook, line and sinker with me. But this movie touched me like I really genuinely felt for him. I felt when he was lonely. You know, I felt like how because, you know, this is a kind of a timeless tale. When you get stardom, you sort of overdo it sometimes. And just like him, you know, everything was in excess. He, He drugs, sex. Just the whole, just the party life, you know what I mean? Alcohol, everything took him. The people that surrounded him was like the primary, that was his life. That totally was his life and it swept him away and it took Freddie, what was his name? Farouk? I forget. It took Farouk. Farouk Basara, yeah. Yeah, you know, and he changed into Freddie Mercury. He did that legally, but he just became Freddie Mercury so much that he lost his identity with his bandmates. Everything became about him. He was the prima donna, you know, and he quite frankly became an asshole to them. And he even admits that in the, in the movie. But 
I genuinely had tears in my eyes walking out of that. And then at the end, stay for the end, because they show a performance of Queen. I mean, I was fucking losing it in the theater, man. Like, like such a good movie. I think that Rami Malek deserves an Oscar for this one, man. I really do. He, he, he des- the thing is, if he doesn't get this Oscar, it is a travesty. Like it it's, is it's not just me, right? Travesty. No, it is a, and I'm about to go even over the board for with with what I'm about to say. Um, other than Black Panther, for other reasons, this is the best movie of the year, and it's not close. It's not close. There is no other movie that that evoked the emotion that this freaking movie evoked for me. Yeah, man. No other movie. Yeah, it's getting that time where we need to start collecting our movies, like best movies of the year. And this one is a, just a no-brainer how much it stands out. It is so... And, w- like, there's a heartbreaking part that just crushed me when he was just like... Like, I didn't know how... This, this movie shows you the loneliness yes. that he was faced with, where he just wanted someone to stay and, hey, have dinner with me, or, yeah. hey, let's have a drink. Come on, drink with me. I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, dude. Will someone be his friend? Yeah, and you're steering me right back into where, please please keep talking, but that's where I was going. I just sort of lost my focus for a second. But yes, that's what I was talking about. That that lonely feeling that he got from becoming this version of himself and how he yes. was just totally isolated except for the leeches that were around him that just wanted to exploit him for their own sake. That guy was a piece of shit, by the way. Oh, it was ter- and, and it was so special when, um, when Queen was like, they tried to pull him out of this pit of loneliness. They tried to pull him out, but there's a part, and we're not ruining anything. There's a part where Freddie makes an astute point where he's just like, you guys aren't, okay, we are family, but you also have families. I don't have anyone. Yeah, you have your kids. You have oh, your dude, I was like, come on right now. There's a part in the movie where he's now very successful it's where he's already cut his hair off and everything and he throws he wants to throw a party and he wants all freaks and geeks to show up at this party and just he wants it to be like a circus but you feel that isolation then too even though people are around him and you know they're they're like oh there's freddie mercury i'm at his house i'm partying i'm doing his drugs drinking his liquor and whatever else is going on at this thing he's clearly just on his own it's like he has a bubble around him yet everyone's interacting with him and when he goes that same part, he goes and he sits down and he's talking to his bandmates. They just can't relate. They're like, "Okay, oh, yeah, this they if cannot. this is what you like, that's good, good it. on you." Yes, but this isn't for us. He, he's like, "Isn't this fantastic?" He said, "If you say so." If you say so, yeah. Like if the and the thing is, here's what I realized is they knew Freddie better than Freddie knew Freddie. They knew no, Freddie, you're not happy in this either. I mean, if you want us to do this whole song and dance, we'll do it with you. But we know you don't like this. And we're not going to play the game with you. We're not. We're not going to do it with you. And they didn't. They, they literally were like, we're not doing this thing because this isn't really what you want. And I was like, what a family they were. They were like brothers. Literally like brothers. Like, we're not going to do this with you. We're not. No. They didn't even try to make it seem like, oh, yeah, you're happy. No, you're not. We're not doing it. It was perfect. Perfect! Talk about perfect. Let's talk about the casting. Oh, I don't think there was a mistake made in the entire cast. Not especially if it was, if it's, if it's 
Freddie number one, Brian May. I said, oh my God, that's Brian May. Yeah, played by, uh, I believe his name's Gwillem Lee, if I'm not mistaken. You know who, hey, try to remember what he looked like, right? Gail pointed this out to me, and after she said it, I couldn't get it out of my head. With that curly hair that he has, the Brian May hair, did Gwillem Lee not look like Howard Stern? All I see is Brian May, but maybe, because I don't know, I don't know what Howard Stern looks like. I don't know him that way. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a huge, you know, I'm, I've, I've been a fan of Howard Stern for a long time, even though I've kind of fallen off the, the, the Stern train a little bit. But he looks like a young Howard Stern. It's There's nothing more to my story other than that, but it was like uncanny. Once she pointed it out to me, particularly in private parts, she, lo- or excuse me, uh, Gwilym Lee looks a lot like him, man. It was crazy. But yes, the casting of him as Brian May was fucking perfect. He really was, like, don't get me wrong. I still saw Brian May, but everything, even in his performance, the way that he carries on on stage and everything, it was just, and, and you felt for him. I mean, like, like I, you loved him in this movie. You know, he was a great oh, friend. He was fantastic. He was a great band member and he had and he was just such a huge contributor to this thing. Um, who else? Oh, I got one for you. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Did you know who played John Deacon? I don't know who that guy is. Yes, you do. His name is Joseph Mazzello. But do you know where he's from? You probably don't now that I've told you. Okay, wait, let me look at his face. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. His yeah, and don't John like Mazzello? look him up. Yeah, I it's uh, John. No, no, no. It's jo- Joseph, uh, Joseph Mazzello. Hold on. I, I will only look at Mozello. Okay. I will not look at where he's been. Let me look at his face, though. <laughs> they already ruined it. They showed him as a kid. Yeah. Now I know who he is. <laughs> I did not recognize him, but Gail called it right away. She's like, yeah, that's the kid from Jurassic Park. I'm like, oh, snap. I still How didn't did see it. How did she call that? I don't know, but she did it wonderfully. Like she wasn't Googling it or anything like that. She's like, that's the kid from Jurassic Park right there. I never would have guessed that in a million years. Do you know what was the meanest quote in this movie regarding him? No, what? I will just say this quote and you'll know. He said, I can't for the life of me know what you would be doing. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I said, Freddie Mercury. He was knocking nails into the coffin at that point. (laughs) Bro. He was taking out all his loneliness, all of it, and just saying, oh, we're going to do this today. We're going to just do it today. And that quote, though, I said, I can, I rarely hear things on, on movies because it was meaner than, than it even, if you just like, I think it came across it, but when you really sit and think about what he said, that's one of the meanest things I've ever seen on screen. Like, he said it so casually. He said it so casually, bruh. Yeah, I don't really want to go over it, as I imagine you don't, no. because it's kind of a key part of the movie. It is a very, very key part. But now, um, the, here, what I learned about Queen that I did not know before, having lo- I mean, being in love with Queen was just like what it meant when they started, when they said that we are from the bottoms and we're playing to the bottoms. I said, oh my God. And they said, we're called queen because all of us are different. And I was like, that, when you think of all the best, um, when you think of all the best groups, look at the Beatles. George Harrison wasn't like Lennon, who wasn't like McCarthy, who, who wasn't like Ringo. They were all different people. 
Look at um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're all different individuals. Maurice White was in the clouds, man. But they made it. They were like, oh, since we're different, we make this thing that comes into a, all the, when I look at them, I'm like, of course. If you have all the autonomous exact, like when you look at all the, you know, when you look at the British invasion, when you look at the people that were like very, very, very similar. Yeah. They were popular for a second and kind of fell off. But then these beasts came through like the Beatles that just stayed. I bet you if you looked into the who and said, hey, what do you guys all like different? I guarantee they're all in different. Like, look at who was that? Um, the group where one of them was like an, uh, he was also like a, a physics. He had a physics degree. And also was a pilot or something. You're the one that told me. Oh, you're talking about Iron Maiden. I bet you all of them are sort of different. They have different, um, uh, um, like, uh, oh, this is my thing that I do. This is my hobby. Oh, this is my thing. Not all of them are like, we're all pilots. Yeah. We're all physicists. Of course, yeah. And that's where the popular groups, you just have to be different. You have to have other lot. You have to have di- because when you bring them all together, you make this thing where it's just like just like um, there are certain things in the in the movie that alluded to um, when you have someone who's like, I want to do this. And another person's like, I don't like that. Let's do this. And that piece gets plugged in. Then another person's like, I don't like that either. But if we add this thing onto it, it form next thing you know, you have this conglomerate of an amazing, uh, like four different people that build this song that is now amazing. Whereas if one person wrote it, you'd be like, yeah, not so great. But since one, per- one person might've written the lyrics and the idea, but three other people now build on that and say, you know, you should add this too. And this, and the, and the, and this, and it's like, up, oh, we Voltroned into a crazy song now. And that's a, that's a gift that Queen, um, they not only had, but they excelled at. When you listen to their music, there's songs that I absolutely dislike. Why? Because they said we're never going to do the same thing twice. They could have done You're My Best Friend, um, Play the Game. Uh, they could have just done the same thing over and over and over again to make hits. They didn't, so some of the songs I don't like. Because they're like, we're going to shoot for left field and right field and everywhere. And we're just going to hit all the different bases. And they did. They really did. Yeah, I can honestly I mean, say that it's not like every song that I've heard of Queen I, I absolutely love. Nope. In fact, trying to listen to a whole album sometimes proved difficult for me. But when they hit the mark, I mean, yes, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, op- operatic. But a lot of their songs were kind of operatic. Not not in the sense of actual opera, but just like the crescendos and and the passion behind these songs, yeah. man. It's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. The intro to um, Somebody to Love, there's a very operatic choir thing they have going. Yeah. Because he stacked vocals 800 times. Yeah, over. I didn't know that they did and that, over. by the way. That was very interesting to me. Yeah, because like he would, he would do a titter part and he would stack his titter part eight times. Then he'd harmonize it, stack that a bunch of times so it sounds like there's a bunch of people singing. But you could tell it's not a bunch of people because it sounds too clean. It's just four people stacked over and over and over and over and over and over again because if it was a bunch of people it would sound like a choir it doesn't sound like a choir it just sounds like a bunch of the same people stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked yeah they did that with roger taylor on bohemian rhapsody the galileo that part i can never know and they just stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked and i don't know like we're not gonna see the likes of them 
Well, just like any other, we're not going to see the likes of a Queen, the likes of a Beatles, the likes of a Earth, Wind & Fire ever again. But seeing what happened behind the scenes to create this monster shows you why we won't see it again. Because they had to cut their teeth in years on bullcrap club dates. Now you could just go on American Idol and be successful. Or YouTube or something like that. Yes. You don't have to cut your teeth on going to nasty bathrooms and playing six-hour, four-hour, three-hour sets over and over and over again. But in those three-hour sets, you're getting amazing at the guitar. In those three-hour sets, you're learning how to play a room where it's like, I'm connecting to each of you 30 people. Now just double put that into 30,000 and I'm connecting with you as if it was only 30 because I'm so good at doing that. Whereas if you put a normal American Idol in front of 30,000 30, people, they're singing for 30,000 people. That's not what Freddie did. Freddie sung to 30,000 people as if it was just two. You are all just one person I'm singing to. That is a gift, dude. That's a gift that no one else has. I asked Maj, I said, Maj, Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury were both on tour today. Who are you going to go see? Maj immediately said, Freddie Mercury, it's not close. I'm seeing Queen. It's not even close. I said, really? He's like, yeah, it's not even close. You know, I'm going to have that's, to side with Maj on that now. That's I, before crazy. it used to be Michael Jackson would be the, my answer, my go-to answer. But guys, if you've never seen the Live Aid performance, just watch them. It's 25 minutes of your time. And you will see what one man, now it's a band, of course, but what one man did to command a crowd like no other man has ever commanded a crowd before. Ever. In a concert, I'll say that. Just, again, I'm using this word a lot. It was magical. Like, it's just, he. no one had really done that before. That Like, no. No one had done that stuff before. Because even if we bring up Michael Jackson, the thing is, Michael... You had 500,000 people watching this man do this thing. Whereas Freddie, you had 500,000 people on Freddie's couch. Let's do this together. Let's make this concert a together thing. We're going, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to have a conversation. He let them sing Love of My Life. And oh, when he said they're singing to you, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold it in. Because everything he said was so earnest. The way Rami Malek played him is everything he said was so earnest. I had never understood how you can be in love with someone. But it wasn't a sexual love. But he was in love with her. He was in love with her. Mary Austin, who you're talking about. Yes, in love. Played very well, by the way, by Lucy Boynton. Very well. She's the one. I mean... He was in love with her, and you could tell he wanted to love her the other way. He, he genuinely wanted to. wanted to, but it wasn't his makeup. And she it knew wasn't. that. And that's what she, she told it. him. She's like, how can I be mad? It's not even your fault. That's crazy. But gee, she loved him just as much. Totally. Totally. They, uh, it's and like they continued why... to have this love affair throughout, throughout the entirety of his life, but it was just on a whole other scale. You know, she, it couldn't be that way. It just couldn't. She ended up it having a baby. Not. She was married to another guy that was a good yeah. man to her. And I think that he actually, at least by this, how this story goes, I think he appreciated that because it never really showed him angry at him. Well, he was mad at her. He was mad because, at her. Yes. And I, under, I get it because she was supposed to be his. And, you know, and I get that. But we also see from her point of view saying, you can't just expect her to wait to be your lifeline for all your life. However, it's almost like she could feel when something was wrong. Something's not right in the universe because I'm so connected 
to this man. They were so connected that she understood from, a th from thousands of miles away, something is not right. Something is not right. And dude, it's just, when there's a part, I'm not going to ruin it, but there's a part where he almost collapses on her. It just, it tore me up, dude. He almost collapses on her when he opens the door. Like everything that's yeah. in him just yeah. melts loose. And I was like, I can't. And I knew, but the thing is, I knew it. The person next to me kind of smiled at me too. I knew I wasn't going to make it through this film too well. I knew it. I was already ready. Because I was like, okay. Um, I knew that it was going to be bad when um, I got emotional when he first got on stage. Because in my brain, it was like, this is the beginning of Freddy. This is, we are watching a legend be born. He didn't even know that he was a legend yet, but when he got on stage, he's like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to live. This is where, and, and there's an awesome quote where he calls anytime he's off stage, the dark times. He doesn't ever want to be off stage. Yeah. He would just like to be on stage all the time. That's where he's the happiest. That's where he's that's happy where he can actually just be himself. Bingo. And when he's on stage, he has a family of 500,000 people. Then when he goes home, there's no one. Imagine going from 500,000 people, 30,000 people, 40,000 people to nothing. Well, the thing was, is that he was going home to nothing. You're right. But there was someone there. That guy, what was his name? Peter? Or, oh, God. Oh, the leech. he was the worst. The leech. Yes. He just had these people, these hangers on there around him that were just exploiting him, doing his drugs and living vicariously yeah. through them, through him rather. I think that the part that you're talking about where he collapses on her or almost does, I think that was the turning point for him. That's when he went, oh, my God. Why didn't I not see this? I forgot. Yeah. And, and the thing is, Queen, they smelled it. They were like. This dude is a leech, and we didn't like him from the beginning. Paul. It's his name terrible. is Paul. Sorry. Yeah, and, and they knew it, but the, again, they just understood that there's only one way you can deal with Freddy. Only one way. You have to let Freddy be Freddy. And it, they were truly a family. It was no joke. They knew, because we all have that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have siblings, like, where they, when they get into a mode, you're like, there's only one way I could even interact with you right now. There's only one way, and that's what I'm going to have to do. I can't do the logical thing right now. I have to be like, okay, all right, whatever, okay, okay, and then this, all right, because you have to just let it, you're like, well, this is going to go nowhere, okay. So that's what they did for him. They're just like, okay, Freddie, whatever you want to do. And um, what I really loved, the part that I really loved is they, uh, and this, I'm not even going to bring up the name. But there is a person that's in this movie that I did not know was in it until they walked into his office and he started saying, Bohemian Rhapsody is never going to be a hit. Oh, little, yeah. I said, I see what you guys are doing. This is so funny. <laughs> and you could tell they're kind of winking at the camera. They're like, you do know what we're doing here, right? I'm like, oh, I get it. This person you're talking about, I almost didn't recognize him. Almost. There's just a certain point where you look and you go, oh, how can it not be? But Oh, I, dude, yeah. But they, they disguised him pretty well. They did very well. And the fact that this was the song they were talking about, dude, I said, this is on purpose. Where he's like, no one's going to be headbanging to this, this song. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was almost a wink, dude. I said, how good is everyone in the um, in my theater laughed? So I was like, okay, they knew. They had to know, right? That we would think that. Could you imagine how long this dude was like the actual person must have kicked himself when he's listening to the live aid performance and just like, dude, oh my God, I'll never make a mistake like that ever again because I'll never have a chance to make a mistake like that ever again. But see, it's easy for me or anyone to say that now. If I would have heard Bohemian Rhapsody then, I might have thought the same thing. Well, you know, he he made sense. Yeah, he makes total sense. It's not like we're. We're coming off the still in the three minute, four minute song situation. And so when you put on a six minute song, which is double that now for him to say, I will. And he already gave them so much money. He's like, I can't release this. Are you crazy? And for them to say, he's like, I will not only will I release your album, I will also release. I will push your album 100 percent. I just can't release this as a single. And they walked for that. It was almost bad on Queen. Because it's like, he gave you everything except the single you wanted. It could have gone extremely bad for them. It really could have. It could have just completely ended their career. Oh, totally. Totally. If, the right, if it didn't fall into the right hands, you know? And, and totally. It's just so, and amazing also the resurgence. Story. The huge resurgence that had the resurgence of the song, which had something to do with someone in a, free, at a scene. The resurgence of the song <laughs> in, in America yeah. was humongous. And... And, uh, but it was huge. Uh, again, uh, I think, I don't know if it overtook um, Careless Whisper yet, but I know for a while it was like um, for the UK's best song of all time, it was between Bohemian and Careless Whisper. And that's a tough one because Careless Whisper, that's an earworm that's going to be in your head for the rest of your life. So it's a, I get why they would choose that. I totally get it. I apologize for being cryptic to everyone if you haven't seen the movie yet, but. Like, do you think while they're sitting down writing this script, it was just an obvious choice? Like, we need this person to. to- be- <laughs> There's <laughs> no other. We were laughing. The yeah. whole crowd was laughing the whole because they kept on insinuating stuff for the movie he was in later. He's just like, no one's going to listen to this in 20 years. And I'm not like, oh, they're going to keep on. They're like saying, do you see what we're doing here? Right. How many more things do we have to say? Like he totally could have looked at the camera and put his thumbs up oh, like a totally. similar movie oh, and it would have been totally perfect. Do. Yeah. It to- and I loved how um uh how Fred obviously they probably embellished it. But all of them were on one accord where Queen was like, "Yeah, we don't want to do the same bull crap. We want to do something different." Every decision they were making, all of them were in the you know how there's no I thought going, the exact on. same thing. I loved it. I think it was definitely done for the movie. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I don't think that was the actual case, but I think that a lot of times they just trusted in Freddie because he totally. was such a, a force to be reckoned with, you know, and there was, he, there was no one like him doing anything like that. They weren't doing anything like that until he came along. So I think that they had to put their trust in him to some degree. You had to, and, and all and the fact that all of them were like, um, when, when Freddie would say certain things, you'd see all of them be like, yep, I agree. Yep. Uh-huh. And normally in other movies, you see them be like, come on, Freddie, we can't do this. What are you doing? Let's just take what the man wants. All of them were in agreement to the point they're like, we will walk. And they, it's, it was such a, re- a refreshing, a refreshing thing to see that a group is like, and, a, and when they first, there's a part where they're getting their deal and um, a guy says something to the fact of no other group gets what you're getting. He said, no other group is queen. That was like Prince philosophy right there. 
Oh yeah, that's exactly. The greats think that. And he was just like, they knew we have something no one else has. And let me tell you why. Everywhere we go, we sell out. That's a thing. Where they're like, everywhere we go, it's standing room only. We have something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here. We have something. And Freddie, I think he got to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't have gotten a, a record deal. He would have just been perfectly happily just, just doing him thing, doing his thing. Let's just keep doing clubs. A club and 500,000 people were no different to Freddie Mercury. He's like, I play with 100% there and at, in a stadium. Yeah, but there were certain times where you saw like, oh my God, I'm doing this right now. Like when he, when he came back and did the Live Aid performance, sorry to keep going back to that one, but that was the part where I would think I was moved the most. You saw that look on his, in his eyes that, wow, we've been gone this long. Yeah, we still, still we still do this. They still love us. We still command this. Per- I mean, Wembley's huge. What did they say? A hundred thousand people. It's something a gr- like that. And not, lo- and not only that, the big deal was, um, even though uh, there's a little bit of, it's not totally true because they were on in real life. They were on tour during that time, and then they just did the live aid. So they did, they did, they were used to playing with each other, and they also didn't know he had AIDS yet. So there's a few, you know glitches but it does make for a better story (laughs) it makes for a better story saying we had not performed in ages and then we hopped on stage after practicing and look at what happened he didn't know he had AIDS yet and they had been they had been on tour for months and just walked up so they were ready to rock and roll see I didn't know that I like I said I was you're a way bigger queen fan than I am but but I was okay with it I was watching it I was like (laughs) I was perfectly okay with all the glitches and you know normally me yeah you'll pick them up I would be like ugh why are I was totally because it made for a better they're not making a movie for Steve they're making a movie for the world and a movie for the world has to have a through line and there's has to be like we're writing a movie when it comes down to it Ray wasn't exactly all right, now that's another situation. Who do you think made the bigger transformation? Ray? Rami Malik for Freddie Mercury. Whew. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to give it to, uh, to Jamie Foxx on that one. And the reason being is that he performed. Like he used his you, own vocals. That, and also, here's my thing. Um, Rami did a, an amazing job. First of all, the fact that we're comparing him to that case study already because i haven't compared anyone to that in i thought i don't think ever i thought when i saw ray i said that is the singular best transformation into a person i have ever seen in my life he is ray charles he is ray charles and so the fact that i'm even putting him because he's in the same box it just um jamie fox is a musical person so he knew how to play piano and stuff so that put him over and also he knew how to sing like Ray Charles. <laughs> That's an understatement. It was almost dude. weird. Yeah. It was almost weird. And so, but even so, he's in that box. And I, I'm going to buy this movie. No question. I'm going to buy it. And I'm probably not going to even play it. It's going to be on display. And uh, because walking out of this movie, I said to myself, that was a pleasure for me to pay for. Thank you for letting me participate in what just happened because it was special we were one of the first group of people to see this movie i felt honored to be on friday night watching or saturday night watching this movie i walked out 
totally honored to have watched this movie. And that is saying a lot because um, normally I'm just like, good movie, great movie. I deserved that. This movie was so good. It is the definition of a cinematic experience. I mean, remember when they were, he was doing like the stage shows and the different cities were coming off them in the, I was just going to talk about that. Jeez, dude. Even that it was perfect. Amazing. Amazing. It was just amazing, dude. Everything was perfect. Perfect, bro. This was a perfect movie. What did you think of Aiden Gillen in this one playing John Reed? Their manager. Okay, the only thing I could think of, I was as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Don't trust him." <laughs> <laughs> Do not trust Littlefinger with anything. What are you doing? Immediately, as soon as, but you also heard giggles in the crowd. So I'm like, "Oh, he's never going to escape Littlefinger. He's yeah. never going to escape that." I don't know what the hell it was. I'm probably the only one. I don't know why. But for a while, just for a few minutes, I'm looking at him. I'm like, who the hell is it? Because the, the little finger mustache was gone. And I know that's yes. like nothing. But I'm just like, I've seen him. And I'm like, is it this guy? No. Was he in? The, no. And then he just said something one time. And I went, oh, fuck, that's little finger. Like, and, and I think, like I yes. said, I'm probably the only person that didn't recognize him. But it was just crazy. Um, but he did a hell of a job, too. He, he, he did was an fantastic. amazing job. He had to overcome a lot because as soon as he came on screen, all yeah. the like the crowd was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. immediately they're like, oh, little finger, huh? And but he had a lot to overcome. He did an amazing job. He did an incredible job, and I, I even loved Miami Beach. Yeah, <laughs> like I thought he, he did a great. Started time. calling himself Miami. I loved it. And then I loved that when uh, the live aid concert was happening, Miami Beach saw that it was transcendent. He was singing along to them and it was just breaking my heart. He saw what was happening. He said, oh my gosh, I am witnessing a transcendent performance. Like it's, it's there's very few of them. There's, there's Hendrix. There is um, when uh, Elvis first performed uh, Hound Dog on TV. There is the Beatles on Sullivan. The Michael Jackson um, moonwalk. There's Michael Jackson moonwalk. And then there's Live Aid, Freddie Mercury. Those are very few times, because all those times, like I asked my mom, do you remember Motown 25? She said, you can't forget it. The next day, that's all anyone talked about. They said, yep. did you see little Michael Jackson now? Because I forgot, that's the last time they saw him. Mm -hmm. They're like, the last time was like off the wall. And he was still in my brain. Oh, he's just Michael Jackson. And you're like, oh my God, who is this man? What, who is this? And so with Freddie Mercury, it was a transcendent performance, the likes of which many people in 25 minutes, many people had not seen. And the fact that Queen already during an interview, they're like, so how was it about the live aid? He said, no, 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 no. That night, that day was Freddie. We just played the instruments and Freddie turned into something else. He turned into something else. We just played that night, that day. So they admitted there was something special happening. And, and the thing is, it's better for us to think, oh, he thought he was going to die. That's why he did. The harder thing for us to wrap our head around was, no, he did not think he was going to die. He thought he had a million years left. This was just another day, another performance, because he believed in the, um, the meaning of that concert. He said, we need to get these Africans some, mo some money. That's what pushed him. 
Not, oh, I think I'm going to die. He's like, no, this for this for this cause, I am going to give you Freddie Mercury times 11. That is even a better story. And they didn't get paid a red cent either. Not a red cent. He just said, we need to do this for this reason. And he gave everything he had on that stage for 25. Because he's like, I don't have two hours today. So you're going to get two hours in 25 minutes. And he did it. He gave them two hours in 25 minutes. I'm sure that there's something that a critic is going to find negative in this movie. But oh, just the critics as, are already panning it. Yeah, yeah. I've, critic, yeah. I've seen some yeah. things that I, I don't pay attention. You know, I have to make my own determination on whether I thought the movie yes. was great. Just didn't realize that it was going to be like one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie of the year. It's just insane yes. how good this movie is. It is. I keep saying this. It is. People, if you're if you haven't watched this movie yet, um, even if you're not a music lover, watch this movie so you can see how it feels to be great at something and be great at the only thing you know how to do. Imagine if there's only one thing you know how to do and you just have to be happen to be the best in the world at that one thing. That's what Freddie was. He he was only good at one thing and that one thing he became the best in the world at. That is out of this world. That is out of this world, man. And he didn't get it beat into him like Michael. Michael Jackson was whipped into being who he was. He was tortured into being the best singer, the best dancer, the best this. Freddie wasn't. He just was. That's crazy. And he was such a, and you know, you know who his uh, favorite singer was? I don't. Aretha Franklin. Another She's powerhouse. One, yes. When he died, they played Precious Lord while, uh, by Aretha Franklin while he was getting, his casket was getting taken out because that's what he wanted. Wow. He's like, I want to I be buried to Aretha's voice. I mean, geez, dude. Isn't that Freddie? Damn, you're like a historian with Freddie, man. I had no idea. Yeah, his favorite two singers were Aretha and Jimi Hendrix. But the singer was Aretha because he's just like, she, her voice. And it's true, especially during that time in the 70s, 80s. He's like, we have not seen the likes of this. Like, I don't know if you guys know. Being a singer himself, him trying to do what she does, he's like, I can't do it. What her voice does when she sings, you make me feel like a natural woman who can sing it like her. No one. And so that makes sense where the most off the wall, amazing performer, his favorite performer and singer is the most off the wall, amazing, crazy singer. That's the only other. And his favorite performer, who is it going to be? Of course, it's Jimi Hendrix. Of course, it's Jimi Hendrix. And there was only one guy. There was a guy that was off stage watching him perform one day. And that man was Michael Jackson. And they have a song together called State of Shock that Michael didn't release because Freddie came out as gay. But you could find it on YouTube with their vocals on it together. Yeah, you've talked about that before. And I still have not heard that song. I'll have to check it it's out. It's really good. And I think he should have released it. But they were going to go on tour together. But the world couldn't handle it. Oh I knew. I oh, my knew. God. The thing is, I know. Like, if someone said that was going to happen, I would say, no, it's not. Let me tell you why. Because the universe can't handle that. It can't happen. The universe can't allow that to happen. And, I, and of course it didn't happen. 
That's ridiculous. But I knew when they're like, yeah, Michael saw one of Freddie's performances. I knew, of course he did. But Michael, you know he wasn't watching it to be enjoy, to enjoy it. He was only watching his competition. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's like, who do I have to be better than? And the way Michael's head works, he went on to be, I mean, Jesus, man. We all know what Michael Jackson turned out to be. But it's, I loved how they put Michael's information in this movie where he's like, do you know who sold 4% of the albums in the world last year? They're like, who? Michael Jackson singularly sold 4% of the albums sold last year, which is a number that is insane, Dan. The fact that one person had 4% of all albums sold, that is crazy. So I see, but that's a great argument to go solo. Because if there's only one person that could also do that, who would it be at the time? Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But the thing is, like we all both know, there's one thing Freddie Mercury didn't have. And that is Quincy Jones. No one knew that that was the cheat code at the time. Now we know that, I still haven't watched that documentary, by the way. But now we know that Quincy Jones is the cheat code. But I believe there's no question in my brain that had, had he not freaking, Queen could have done the equivalent, dog. There's no question. Queen could have done the equivalent. There was a line in the movie that was something to the effect of, like when, I, when he goes solo, and he's saying, you know, like, they did whatever I wanted them to do. Talking about his, his studio musicians. Yes. He's like, but they weren't you. They yeah. weren't you guys. Like there was, and it just didn't pop. It was a, it it was was a magic perfect. combination that just yes. happened to have one of the greatest voices of all time with it. But That's it. without said, those other three, me. yeah, without yes. those other three people, it never would have popped off like that ever. It's and the, crazy. the dopest thing he understood, which is, it's such a self-realization where he said, they did everything I wanted them to do. And that was the problem. There was nobody pushing back. Yeah. No one said, no, I don't think we should do that. No, I shouldn't do it. No. The worst thing you could do for a creative is let them do whatever they want. That's the worst thing. Because look, at after the Beatles, Paul McCartney got to do whatever he want. How many albums did he have to release before he made a Wings? Right. It was yep. failure after failure after failure after failure until finally he made a Wings. But that's because he didn't have John Lennon. On his back saying, nah, I'm not buying it. Nah, I'm not buying it. Nah, I'm not buying it. He didn't have a George Harrison saying, okay, Eleanor Rigby. It didn't have George Harrison being like, hey, why don't we add a, ah, look at all the lonely. If that's not on Eleanor Rigby, Eleanor Rigby's not Eleanor Rigby anymore. <laughs> Harrison said, hey, we should add that, uh, an intro to that. Ah, look at only the lonely people. And they're like, yeah, let's tag it on. That little thing, tiny thing. If he didn't have those guys there, that now is not there. That's a problem. That is a massive problem. If he doesn't have John Lennon, all he has is, I woke up, jumped out of bed. He doesn't have the beginning of day in a life without John Lennon there. It's gone. So without those important people in Queen, Freddie now has everything he wants and nothing. Nothing. God, what a movie we just watched, Dan. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go see this movie. It's that simple. So, um, Dan, I know you like to have... I, I know it's not the tombstones anymore. I don't know what you're going to... Oh, my gosh. We can make a different scoring mechanism depending on what movie we're scoring. 
I'm with it. Totally what is a Freddie Merc? What's a Freddie Mercury thing? Mike stands. Three crown, uh, crowns. Oh, boom! How many <laughs> crowns are you going to give the Queen movie? Five out of five crowns, without a doubt. I will not change my opinion on it. And that's just the first viewing alone. Fantastic oh, movie. And again, I think it might be my favorite movie of the year. You just said it exactly. What I'm, I mean, this is one of those movies that we're going to look back on. And it sucks because we're going to see. And mind you, you're in a better position than me because I'm giving it five, too. You're in a better position than me because now I still have to see Star is Born. And I already know that now that I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm probably going to let like Star is Born less than I would have liked it. You know, it's still a fantastic movie, man. But it's yes. just there was just something about this one that I think what it is, is that the, a Star is Born has two fantastic first and second acts. Mm-hmm. The third act is good, but not as good as the first and the second. Whereas this one just gains a momentum and it never stops. And the third act is probably the most powerful out of all of it. Dude, I mean, again, it Live totally Aid, brought it tears down. There, yeah, at yeah. The, and and here's what I love. And we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna get out of here. But I will leave you. These are the last things I'm gonna say to my to these beautiful people. When you go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Just be ready for when I think of the movie, I think of Transcendent and I think of Ernest. The way that he, he described loneliness is unlike any movie I've ever seen before. The way that his face shows loneliness, the way that he portrays loneliness, the way that he just wants someone to click a lamp to show me you're there. I've never seen it portrayed like this in my life, dude. So people... Be ready with Kleenexes. Go watch this amazing transcendent movie. Tell me what you think. You already know the contact number. This is it for me. I'm going to leave you at this. People, there are times where you get to experience something that you feel like, wow, that was bigger than I know. And one day I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I experienced something. That is Bohemian Rhapsody. I love y'all. Uh, keep it funky. Can't wait to see y'all next week. Peace out. Seriously, I'm just going to echo him. This movie touched me. That's all I can tell you. It's just, it's a fantastic movie. I plan on seeing it multiple times. And I guarantee you that there are going to be a lot more Queen fans when this movie's over. When all is said and done, next year, you watch Christmas time, Queen sales are going to go through the roof. And it's well worth it, too, because if you haven't really gotten into Queen, this is the perfect opportunity. Even a greatest hits is going to is going to sell you and change you. If you've not experienced Queen, it will change you. I guarantee it. That's all I got to say. Guys, that's it for us. Kind of an abrupt ending, I guess you could say, but here's what I have to tell you right now. Be good to yourselves. Be good to everyone around you. Live life happily, lovingly. Have a great fucking week. My name is Dan Ramirez. That's Steve Hudson. We're the Heroes of Noise. Peace. (laughs) 